Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Fresh Hop Cinema. My name is Max Minardi and sitting across from me, not this time, is my friend Johnny Summers. He's out of town. Uh, so we are going to do a special episode with a couple of special guests. So I just want to let you guys do your own thing for your own names. I want to start across from me. This is not Johnny Summers. No. This, is, this is Austin Neiman. <laughs> and I'm apparently the defunct Marvel expert. Yeah, I mean, I feel like since we did our first show, you've like at our at events and stuff, like you've just always had the the drop on the knowledge. So yeah. I figured who better to. to I'm fill also the us guy in. that you forgot that you talked to okay. when you were in the bathroom. Let's, with Thor. We can bring this up when we get to <laughs> Thor. It's not important at this moment, but yes, you are that person. Thank you so much for coming and being on this show. Thank you for inviting me. To my left, <laughs> Gianna. I'm here. Who? Gianna. I who live, are you? I live with you. I cook you food occasionally. Purely carnal. It's purely carnal. We <laughs> sleep White in the same say. bed. <laughs> I can feel it in the room. Yes. Uh, are you a fan of Marvel films in general? I'm a huge fan of Marvel films. Having just recapped a little bit before we started recording with Austin, I'm obviously not at all on the same level of knowledge. Mm. But, Great. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like maybe no one is, so I'm all right with it. But, yeah. you know, I love I love the Marvel movies, super into it, always been a big fan. Well, Gianna, thank you for helping fill the hole that Johnny left in me. That's so thank you. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. Phrasing. A little bit of phrasing. Um, so we were we were doing a little bit of research before we dove in, and we figured it would be fun, first of all, to let all of you know what our top three favorite movies start. Let me establish, I guess. We're gonna that. we're gonna go there first. But um, so this is a special episode because this week uh Infinity War came out, the latest of the Marvel films, and there prior to this have been 18 movies, and we figured some people might not have had the time to recap on all of them, so we wanted to go back. Uh, talk about all of them, what's important, what's relevant to Infinity War, and tell you some things you might not know and might want to know going in. Then we thought it'd be fun to talk about our top three at the beginning of the episode and at the end after we've all talked about them out loud. So I'm going to start, uh, and as soon as I find, where did I put, it's over here, my list. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to start with mine, and we're not counting Infinity War. We've all seen Infinity War at this point, but mm-hmm. we're leaving it out. Mm-hmm. So in this order, my top three favorite Marvel movies are Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, and The Avengers. Really? Yes. I recently changed the order. Avengers used to be number two. Okay. Or it was maybe number one, but this is what I'm sticking with now. This, this is was, a fluid this is list. It's just interesting for people who don't know that when Max and I first saw Black Panther, neither of us were mm-hmm. super fans of the movie. We appreciated a lot of parts of it, but for the most part, we left the movie feeling a little bit disappointed. Max is now a, a traitor to me yes. in, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> Uh, because he went back and saw it again and, and thought it was incredible. And now apparently it, it went from, eh, not a really big fan to uh, top three. So I'm just. Yeah. Well, the thing that happened to me is that I, like you said, did not like it at first. And then uh, I j- literally everybody else I ever spoke to was like, it's amazing. I was like, well, maybe I just, maybe it was like a weird day. So I went back and I saw it two more times. Um, and it was great. I just love it. Yeah. So those are my top three. Uh, Austin? I've changed it about okay. five times right. in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> sure. But number one hasn't changed. Number one is Civil War. Oh, really? Okay. Thank you. Right. Civil War, it, it, it's just the best without going. We'll get yeah, into we'll detail get, we'll get there when we get there. But yeah, that's number one for you. Number two would be Ragnarok. Okay. Number three would be the original Guardians. Mm. 
Okay. Okay, Gianna? I am super on par with Austin. I thought Civil War was my favorite of all of the Marvel movies, um, followed by the original Avengers um, and then Ragnarok. Okay, Ragnarok and everybody's top three. Yeah, it was a toss-up, I guess, between that and Guardians 2, which I loved. But I, I loved it. It does, it shouldn't make my top three because I loved it for the comic relief and really nothing else f- mm. for the most part. I mean, obviously, there's some cool things in that movie, but I thought that the the writing in that movie was so good, but it doesn't deserve to be in my top three. I so suppose. here could be a potential fun Danger Zone topic. Is if you had to include Infinity War at the very end, what do you bump out? Right. If you bump anything right, out. Right, or if it doesn't even make it. Yeah. That's, I guess, before we get too deep, I want to say that too. If, if you're a listener that's just tuning in and you've just found this podcast for the first time and you saw in the description that we talk about craft beer and film, that is our day-to-day usual routine. But without my usual co-host, Johnny, we're literally just covering Marvel stuff today. We are drinking beer, uh, but we're not going to talk about what that <laughs> is because it's not relevant, uh, though it will probably affect the show as we go on. <laughs> Okay. It might affect descriptions of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's why. And that's that's when Austin just said Danger Zone, which is a segment that Johnny and I typically do uh, where we talk about a movie with spoilers and Johnny tends to swear a lot. And depending on how long this episode goes, we might we might make our own Danger Zone so that we can uh, free our mouths a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. There's that carnal stuff again. Well, and, yes. the, and the point of this episode, too, is to for people who are, are about to see Infinity War, haven't seen it yet. Um, or even people who I guess have already, and the you know our take on all of the Marvel movies, the chronological order in which to watch them, um, not which they came out, and and how they all play a part into understanding Infinity War better. And if you haven't seen all eighteen, what are Why? you doing? What sure, are you doing I mean, and life? I think that's fair. Like <laughs> I, for me personally, I was not su- I wasn't super big on these movies when they first came out, and I'm still not huge on them now. Like I, none of none of them are. I don't mean to be. Um, anti anything here, here comes but like, elitism yeah like they just wouldn't make my top 10 favorite movies of all time by any means no. um, it's just not it's not my favorite thing in the world but once i do get invested in these and i'm in the zone they're great but i wasn't always like that so like i am less familiar with the early movies than i am with the more recent ones mm-hmm. so if you're one of those people like me this might be helpful for you even though you have seen them but maybe just weren't always super invested. which is why we have austin <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um well so let's get into what we're exactly previewing we're talking about What's come before Infinity War? And Infinity War, if you have no idea, um, is a reference to these things in the universe called, in the movie universe called Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. And Austin is going to give us a brief history. Uh, and then I will, we should have, we, should we let the collector do the talking first? I think we should let him do the talking. Okay. We're going to get a quote from the collector, who is somebody that, in addition to the Infinity Stones, Austin will tell you about right after this. Oh, my new friends. Before creation itself. There were six singularities. Then the universe exploded into existence, and the remnants of these systems were forged into concentrated ingots. Infinity stones. These stones, it seems, can only be brandished by beings of extraordinary strength. Observe. These carriers can use the stone to mow down entire civilizations like wheat in a field. There's a little pea coming out of me right now. Once for a moment, a group was able to share the energy amongst themselves, but even they were quickly destroyed by it. Beautiful. 
So in two seconds, uh, sorry for cutting off Rocket Raccoon, I guess. Um, <laughs> Austin's going to explain from a more nerdy point of view what these are. But in the meantime, Gianna and I are going to just tell you what the Infinity Stones are. Uh, Gianna, you jump in whenever you want. Mm. They're like these rocks that have been around for a while. And there's like six of them. And they all have these different powers. Like one controls time and one controls like it like traps souls. One is like a. Do you want to like, know the name of the six stones? You're gonna have to do it after, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one's like this red. It was like this red goo for a bit that made the Jane ether. Foster a zombie. Um, they're like they go in. You know, they're like very powerful when you put them together. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything to add? That's like no. that's the gist. No, there's no point in me saying anything before. Austin there's no point in me saying says, all that. Yeah. yeah, there's like six of them, right? There's six of them. All there's right, you take it away. <laughs> there's the space stone. Okay. There's the reality stone. There's the mind stone. The time stone. The Power Stone mm-hmm. and the Soul Stone. Okay, they all do different things. They all do different things. They're also like really hard to break, right? Like they've been around for forever. Yeah, and well, I don't want to get into Infinity sure, War, right, but right. yes, they are. They are essentially indestructible, right? Um, and like over the course of this this time, like we'll get into where they are in the movies, but they've historically been kept very far apart. The goal, and this gets touched in on uh, in Thor two when they in the post credit scene when. The reality stone, which is also known as the ether, gets brought to the collector who we just heard right. from yeah, about the, how it's a good idea to keep two power stones away from each other right. and not keep them near each other in case someone was searching for the stones. It would be God much forbid. harder to find right. all six because yeah, you wouldn't want someone no because with crazy the crazy stuff to could find happen. all six of them. <laughs> um, who's the collector? So the collector is an eternal who lives on the planet nowhere. Okay, which we meet in. The post-credit scene in Thor 2. All right, in case people don't know, what's a post-credit scene? So a post-credit scene, we're really getting We're just going to dive in. Yeah, for sure. So this kind of all started with the first Iron Man, which was the beginning of all of this. 2008. Ten years ago. Take you back. And if you were like me when the first Iron Man came out, movie ended, you did like you did with any movie. You would just leave. The credits were rolling. And then I found out a couple months later, there was apparently some information there's nugget. extra movie yeah there was another part of the movie that i didn't get to see but thanks to youtube i did and that was when you found out that after his press conference in iron man where tony stark announced that he was iron man he went home and found sam jackson aka nick fury in his house who announced that they are trying to start something called the avenger initiative mm-hmm. which is then where the ball starts rolling and we start working through this universe that gets built up so those are the post credits. Yeah, I mean, up to this point, there had not there's not been this thing in movies, right? It's certainly not in a franchise sense. Like, yeah, not. No. I mean, I'm sure there's been scenes before in other movies, but Disney, more jokes. Disney, yeah, I think, Disney does some does stuff. Disney does a little bit of it, but for the most part, they're. I mean, they've been like um, blooper type right. scenes of Disney movies that obviously don't have bloopers because they're animated and little scenes. Yeah, I mean, after yeah, basically thanks to Marvel. There really isn't a movie that ends where I'm not in the theater at the end and credits Googling. Is there a post credit scene right, for this for sure. movie? I think recently I just started, I think uh, pretty recently, like Thor Ragnarok, I stopped Googling. I was like, there's probably going to be something. I'm just going to sit here and then I just read people's names who I like, I read about the production assistants, which I feel mm-hmm. like maybe is part of the motivation. Like you get people more credit and you just get their names read in big theaters. And you get to yeah. see how many hundreds upon Dude, hundreds of people and, make and these locations. Movies. Oh, yeah. and like, it's, it takes like 10 minutes to get through everybody's name. Yeah, which Wild. is great when you watch a movie that's two and a half hours and you have to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's worth it. The what well, you probably know this, but there's one particular post credit that I'm thinking of that was like a jab at us. Um, that was at the end of like of, uh, Civil, War. Civil War. We'll get to that when we get yeah. there, but that was a good one. Okay, so we've covered what the Infinity Stones, the Infinity Stones are. 
We know who the collector is, and we know what a post-credit scene is. We do. Mm-hmm. We've also kind of touched on Iron Man 1 in 2008. We have, which is, it's the beginning of yeah. what became known as the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. and that came out in 2008. I think it was June 2008, which is a great year for superhero movies. Right. And it's the beginning of a long 18 movie road yes, to get to, to this, this point. Yeah. Um, can you talk about briefly uh, what the phases are in this? So I know the first one had a name, and that was Avengers Assemble. Oh, really? Yes. I and know I that. don't know that they ever actually named phase two and phase three. Okay. I think they just became phase two, phase three. But basically what they are, are is a different grouping of movies that lead up to a certain point in the story. Yeah, right. And so, there's, yeah, we've done three full phases now. Infinity War. Or, no, finishes. phase three is not over yet. Oh, really? Phase three no, doesn't yeah, end until Captain Marvel mm-hmm. next year. Look at me not knowing anything. Okay, great. We're in phase three then. We are in the, the heart of phase three. Yeah. Towards the end here, yeah. We're, we're in the yeah. best yeah. phase of the Marvel phases. Right. <laughs> um, so phase one kicked off with Iron Man. Phase one kicks off with Iron Man in 2008. Yes. And then this was at a time when, if you read articles about it, and they're really interesting when you read them, it's about how they weren't really sure how it was going to go. In terms of creating these movies, because Iron Man isn't like the X Men or right. Spider Man, where some people know who Iron Man is, and they weren't sure if it was going to be a big movie, so they made it, put the teaser in, and let's see what happens, and then a month later you get the Incredible Hulk, and that's the second movie in the MCU, and that's kind of relevant yet also not relevant to what comes after because it wasn't a Marvel movie; it was a Marvel and Universal movie, right? Because Universal owns the rights to the Hulk. Yeah, I feel like what was so interesting then is that like, they were basically trying to build a franchise from these reject characters. Like the popular characters had been taken by uh, like Universal and other studios. Well, like Fox has the X Men. Yeah, right. And the X Men. Sony had the Spider Man. And it's like so like like these people were like, well, all right, we have this guy and this guy, and then they had somebody that read the comics like, dude, these are like the original Avengers. Like you have Thor and you have Iron Man. Like we could make a thing. They actually had to take out a loan. For some of these movies from a bank, because it was such an unsure prospect, they were like, well, "Hopefully then you it think works." Back at that point, two thousand eight, Robert Robert Downey Jr. didn't have a career. Also nothing. He yeah. was coming off all kinds of criminal mm-hmm. personal right. issues, which mm-hmm. makes him perfect to play right. Tony Stark. Right. right. Well, okay, so there was this is um, for people who I guess don't know, and I don't know all of it, but there there were lots of Marvel Marvel characters appearing, like we touched on, like how Sony has. Spider-Man. There were lots of Marvel characters that have appeared in movies before that aren't part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Right. And then, you I mean, you had Spider-Man 1, 2, one, two 3 with Tobey Maguire. Right. Those are Marvel characters, but not part of the MCU. Correct. Right. Yeah. And you then had, you had... Back in the 90s and early 2000s, you had Blade and his trilogy. And he's a Marvel character, but not part of the MCU. Sure. And then you had the Spider-Man reboot mm-hmm. with Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. not part of the MCU. And then we've had which is the whole separate thing with lots of TV shows with Marvel characters that right. are... Right, and the only ones that technically exist are the Netflix shows and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. then Agent Carter when that was on for a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they don't really intersect with the movies. The movies have basically right. been their own thing. Yeah, yeah that's the no. canon. for. I mean, it, like, the events do matter. It seems like some random events from, like, the street-level stuff, like Netflix and those, mm-hmm. especially yeah. the Agent Carter things, do kind of matter. But for the most part, like... These events from the movies don't matter even for the shows a lot of the time. I mean, other than just throwaway Easter eggs, like in the first season of Daredevil, there were newspaper articles about the attack on New York. I've not seen Daredevil still. Really? I've I've only seen, I've seen Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, um, parts of The Flash. What was the one where they all- The Flash is Sorry for saying that. I was like, (laughs) I know there's one more. You're in the wrong podcast. I know, I'm sorry, everybody. But I thought there was one more Marvel that I'd seen. 
well, there was Iron Fist, Luke Cage. Oh, it's Iron Fist. You were watching Iron Fist. Yeah. Yeah, Jessica Jones and The Punisher. I didn't see The Punisher either. Punisher is the best one out of all. There was one. What what was it? There was one TV show where they all got together. The Defenders. The Defenders. Which was awesome. Yeah, that that had um, had Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. But now we're getting way off the Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Right, right, I, right, I okay. just I wanted yeah. to touch on that because pe- I think it's conf- it's confusing for me before I've researched it about how, you know, we're seeing these movies with all these characters, but some of them don't exist in this Marvel Cinematic Universe and some of them have been shot previously in other films. So, so it just did something to touch on. Like right. This. And now we're hitting this kind of golden age where with the whole Marvel Fox deal that's apparently about to go mm-hmm. down, we're about to have a situation where we might get the X-Men in phase four, right. which mm. would yeah. change but, yeah. everything. Like, can you imagine if Magneto showed up? He would be so just fired destroy up. it. Like, yeah. Well, there were rumors about Infinity War for months that they were going to sneak Wolverine into it. Really? Yeah. That'd be nuts, dude. Spoiler. Um, maybe they would sneak Wolverine in there. Yeah, you don't know. Maybe. We don't know that. <laughs> um, so, so Iron Man comes out. Robert Downey Jr. is cast to play Tony Stark. Right. I won't touch on Rhodey for now because he gets recast anyways. He does. So, uh, but we should probably talk about Pepper Potts. Yeah, she's she's, uh, she's just here throughout literally every movie until now. She kind of she's a, a sore spot for a lot of people. I think in the MCU because yeah. she's in Iron Man one. She's Tony Stark's assistant. Shows up in Iron Man two, and we're still in Phase one with Iron Man two. Yes, because mm-hmm. that's I think the third movie that came out. Yes, and. Mm-hmm. She's in there. She's still the assistant. The unique things about Pepper don't happen until phase two when we get Iron Man 3. Okay. And then certain things that just get ignored going Later forward. On. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, little background on Iron Man. He he is the son of a guy named Howard Stark. Howard Stark. And there's a long history there that goes back into what happens with Captain America, which we'll get to in a couple of years here. Um that sounded like or a sarcastic a couple minutes. Like for how fast we're going. Like, yeah, a couple of years. Um, but Tony Stark is a is an arms dealer, essentially, right? For a bit, and that's how he makes his fortune. He's a weapons manufacturer. Gotcha. That's, that's his mm-hmm. he's a defense contract guy. He makes gotcha. his money from selling weapons to the US Army. And I mean to really do a really quick sub yeah. recap of the Iron Man plot, he's in the Afghanistan showing off a weapon. His motorcade gets attacked. He ends up kidnapped in a cave. And he escapes the cave after he takes shrapnel in the chest and almost dies by building something called the arc reactor, which right. he uses to keep shrapnel from entering his heart and killing him. And in that process, he also builds his first, quote unquote, Iron Man machine, which he uses to escape. Kill a bunch of terrorists. Kills in, a bunch of terrorists. The and then comes home and decides that he doesn't want to be the Tony Stark he's been the whole time. He wants to create the suit that can go around and save people. And right. that leads to the creation of... Iron Man. And what was the Iron Man suit? People don't know. It's so he was like trapped been, in this like dungeon, right? It's basically he's he, a prisoner. He was yeah. a prison yeah. prisoner of war, prisoner of war, POW. Right. And using basically scrap metal and whatever else he could find in a cave, he built this suit that could and launch had, itself. He had the help of a of a doctor, scientist, doctor, yes, yeah, who he had guy. previously met but doesn't remember in 1999 because uh. you see that in the beginning of Iron Man three. Gotcha. Um, and then, like, he got to do all this because he was being tasked with creating, like, a weapon, right? They wanted him to build weapons for them, and he, under the guise of building them a weapon, he built a himself suit. a suit to escape. Right. right. And um, then decides that he wants to come back for them, and he builds the Iron Man suit. Right. And the suit was quite bulletproof, and it, he... Had flamethrowers. Yeah, right. he could... He had obviously built Limited weapons flight. into it. He had some flight. Uh, so it was... That was part of how he escaped was because I, it was this incredible weapon. So I guess what we're kind of glazing over is that he's a master inventor. Yes, mm-hmm. and he's very, very smart. Yeah, he's, he's also a bit of a douche. 
Isn't yeah. he's got his own demons, so, alcoholism, yeah, sure. things that sort of come into play. Which make Robert Downey Jr. so good for this role. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. Iron Man. Yes. Okay. And then the movie ends with him announcing to the world I'm that he Iron is Man. Iron Man because as far as he knows and as far as we know at that point, he's it. Right. There's nobody else. There's no and that's when we find out about Nick Fury in the post credit and it's like, wow, there's like a bigger thing going there's on. There's the here. Avenger initiative. And then for the right. people like me who are nerds, that's when you you know get hairs to stand up and you get excited like, oh, like you oh, stare who? at them like you've never had a spidey sense before in your yeah, life and, like, <laughs> yeah you're like well what's coming next and then you get the incredible hulk with edward norton in right. the one movie where he got to play the hulk yeah we should let's move on to the hulk if for what needs to be said it's it's interesting because the hulk had a movie back in 2003 with bruce with eric banna that yes. was terrible yes that never went anywhere and then they redid the hulk in 2008 with Edward Norton, who wanted to be part of the MCU, but then talked his way out of it by making all kinds of demands. Mm-hmm. But the big takeaways from The Incredible Hulk are that we get the Hulk, we get and General Thunderbolt Ross, who becomes a big character going forward in Civil War mm-hmm. and up through Infinity War as part of the army. But there's all kinds of stuff that just gets tossed to the side. We don't see Betty Ross again, who is General Thunderbolt Ross's daughter, right. the Hulk's love interest. She gets in one movie, and then we never see her again. Mm-hmm. And then there's a tease in the towards the end before he fights Abomination in that movie where you see the leader start getting created by Dr. Samuel Stern's getting Hulk blood on his head and he starts getting the big brain. All things that have basically been just, just dropped off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but one of the main important things in this movie is the post credit scene. Yeah, where Tony, it is, Stark, where Tony goes Stark goes into a bar and finds General Thunderbolt Ross and says they're putting together a team. And he's like, what kind of team or whatever? And then it ends. Just, just like a little smile. So, from Tony Stark. so now we're at that point where we're, we're going, okay, so the Avengers so far potentially is Iron Man and the Hulk. And, the Hulk. And, the Hulk. Right. Yeah. and then we move on to the next movie. Which, which is Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. Yeah. And this is where Marvel's still trying to get its footing. Mm-hmm. So they don't really know what they're going to be and who they're going to be yet. And they so had some success with Iron Man 1, which is why I'm assuming why they didn't add another character in and give them their own movie yet. They were kind of rolling on the on the you know footing that Iron Man had when it first came right. out. So Iron Man did pretty good business. I remember when that one came out. The Hulk mm-hmm. didn't do great business because the Hulk, just for whatever reason, yeah. doesn't. I feel like the, well, the, the Incredible Hulk took a very Jekyll and Hyde approach. It. I actually like that movie, The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. I think right. it's a good movie. There are there issues with it, yes, but I think it's a fun Hulk movie. That you adds call it lo- fun? Well, he, I think it's fun. All right, Hulk is a hard character too because there's you know there's not a it's An not a, it's not a Tony especially coming off of Iron Man. There's not a Tony Stark level of intrigue with Bruce Banner and having them separate. You know, Bruce Banner and the Hulk is pretty difficult. And he's kind of got the same issue that you would have with in the DC Universe Superman, which is how do you find someone that can fight the Hulk yeah. right. and it actually feels like Not there's a stake cheesy, yeah, right, involved. Right. So that was the Incredible Hulk. We get to Iron Man 2, and Iron Man 2 is basically where they start really doing groundwork for the Avengers. Yeah, and I think this is in no small part due to John Favreau, who directed the first one, who also plays Happy Hogan, by the way. The driver. Yeah. Um. So he he reprises his role both as Happy and as and the director. director for Iron Man 2. So because the, the, the director of The Incredible Hulk was Louis Leterrier, who sure. did The Fifth Element. Right. Movies but, like So that. like the, the consistency, I think, is a huge thing to say from Iron Man 1 and 2. It really establishes what Marvel's going for. Yeah, and unfortunately, so, yeah. they kind of missed the boat in Iron Man 2. Now they bring in Mickey yes. Rourke. He plays Whiplash. He's someone who's got this weird. tie to Iron Man through his it's father, like dad. Yeah. his dad, and experiments that were done. But the big takeaways from Iron Man 2, because there's really no point spending much time on that movie, sure. are that it's the beginning, 
I should say the beginning. It's the first time we meet Black Widow. Yes. Because she is hired on as a secretary for Tony Stark, and it turns out she's actually spying on Tony Stark for Nick Fury, who's trying to evaluate, does Tony Stark belong on the Avengers? Right. This is, uh, if you don't know Black Widow, it's Scarlett Johansson's character. Uh, Her non-alias is, or non-superhero name is Natasha Romanoff. Yep. uh, Which we all find out at the end. And yes. we get Don Cheadle for the first time. In we this do. Film. We get Don Cheadle now playing Rhodey. Now we get to Rhodey, yeah. Captain who, Rhodes. Who becomes War Machine. Yes. And the other important thing is that the movie ends with Nick Fury telling Tony Stark, you're not going to be on the Avengers. You, you just, you're mentally not able to be on the team. Right. And so then that's where that ends, and we get to the next movie in the universe. But we which do get is, our cutscene. We do get a cutscene at the end of Iron Man 2, which, which is, is a tease of Thor. Yes. There's just like this big crater and Thor's hammers in the middle. And this guy, Coulson, who is part of S.H.I.E.L.D., calls Fury and he's like, hey, got it. And, like, we, and we had seen Agent Coulson back in Iron Man 1. Yeah, okay. Because that's when the first time they say the name Strategic Homeland Intervention. Right, the entire acronym. And then he says, you guys should really shorten that up. And then right. it becomes <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. <laughs> so we get to Thor. Yes. And Thor is where the world starts expanding. Yes. Yeah, that we're no longer just on Earth. Yeah. Now we're in, we're learning there's nine realms. There's outer space, and we get to the city of Asgard, yes, which is where Thor is the prince in that city, and he's the god of thunder, his dad being Odin. Yep. Played by Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, and he has an adopted brother named Loki. Loki, played by Tom Hiddleston. Mm. The goddess of, or the god, not goddess. The goddess, whatever. He's, he's the goddess he's, of mischief. He's probably played a goddess um, before. He's yeah. trickery. God. He's tricking people, so yes, he's the god of, of mischief <laughs> uh, in traditional Nordic mythology. And he's actually a frost giant. From Jotunheim, right? Which is like a huge thing that we learn. And then is it is it the next the next film, next Thor film that we get like a flashback to that war, or am I just making that up? No, you're right because the beginning war was the war against the Dark Elves, yeah. and yeah. that's where a different Infinity Stone comes in. Yes, but first, we're at this point. Just, yeah, so much. <laughs> there's a lot. There's many many layers to the story. But yeah, Loki is not purely Asgardian, which is news to him. He's not any Asgardian. Nothing. No, well, I guess not. He's completely. No, yeah. He was no, taken yeah. off Jotunheim after Odin right. fought. The Frost Giants. Right, okay, sure. And adopted him. So he's and Thor's we, brother. We but we learned he's, that in Thor 1, that right. Loki... But they thought all their lives that they were brothers. Well, until that yeah. point. Until that point, yeah. And then and they then, learned that Loki was Thor's adoptive brother, in a and sense. And so yeah. there's conflict, and then Thor get, goes to the Frost Giant planet, gets in a battle. He's very arrogant. He's growing up. And so his punishment is that he is then banished... To Earth. Earth. Of all places. Of all places. Well, no. And especially, <laughs> and if you're really going to get banished and punished, you get sent to New Mexico. There you go. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he, he drops straight in the middle of the desert um, and he meets uh, a crew of side characters that uh, only one of really matters in the future. But as far as I can they tell, they all sort of matter. Even Jane. Like Jane a little, ma- like for a short term, but not in like the long run of the films, right? We, we, Does she? once you get past phase two, we don't see these characters right. again. At least right. we haven't yet. Yeah. So. Thor, he lands in New Mexico, as does the hammer Mjolnir, mm-hmm. which basically takes on a sword in the stone approach in the middle of the desert. Yes. In that, oh, okay, yeah, sure. That's right. That only, as Odin cast it out, says only he who is worthy can carry the, the hammer of and Thor. And at the time, Thor is not worthy, right? No, he's sent down to Earth. He's got no powers. Can't keep his hammer. Can't like, keep his hammer. Can't do anything. He's just some giant blonde right, right, right. Nordic guy sure. <laughs> who Natalie Portman mm-hmm. gets the hots for. Right. And so he's in New Mexico. And Loki begins his sort of eventual attempt to take over Asgard. He sends down weapons to try to kill Thor. He makes sort of efforts to self-sacrifice. And then because he does that, becomes worthy mm-hmm. of Thor the does. hammer of Thor. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So he gets the hammer back. 
goes back and defeats Loki. And then we think at that point that in their final battle, Loki dies right. by falling off. I'm guessing you would call it the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. It's, that leads to the yeah. Bifrost. So, yeah, it's, so that's not the Bifrost? The Bifrost is the, the hub. The where all kinds of terms people probably don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you're following this, yep. Asgard is a realm. Yes. It's not. And then it's Earth like is space. called Midgard. Yes. Which is a different realm. And there is a room called the Bifrost oh. that is powered by a sword that is wielded by someone by called Idris Elba. <laughs> Heimdall, which Idris is played by Elba. Idris Elba. Sure. He's the keeper of the sword that allows people to travel between realms. And he is in Asgard. He is in Asgard. Yeah. That's, that's how it's it's controlled through him being there. Right. And he it, can send you anywhere in the realms, right? From to the any one of the nine realms from right. the Bifrost. Okay. Mm. So... Thor comes back after he gets his power. He fights Loki on the bridge that leads from Asgard to the Bifrost. And Loki in the battle falls off the Bi- the Bifrost right. into emptiness. We think he is dead. Emptiness, yeah, and we yeah. think he dies. Until we get to that post credit scene. Right. Well, and in Thor 2 is the first time that we meet Stellan Skarsgård. No, he was in Thor 1. Oh, yeah, that's he was. He's yeah. part right, of the group right, right. with Jane Foster, yeah. which is Natalie right, Portman. Right, right. Who becomes Thor's girlfriend? And he's really the only character that continues on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with well, a, in a in a serious um, sense. That yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, really, yeah, he's the only really so so he he plays a scientist, Jane. Eric Selvig, right? And he's the one that um sort of like well, let's go to the post credit scene, shall we? So the post credit right? scene is you see Eric Selvig, what we later learn is the Tesseract, which we'll cover in a minute. Yep, and you see Loki appear in a mirror talking to Selvig. To like tell him what to say. What to say, which yeah. is when we learn that two things, Loki's not dead and Loki's controlling somebody on it. Right. Which, which is then, a huge news. It is. Because like Loki was the, Loki's the bad guy in this movie. In, in Thor, the, in he Thor, was yeah. the villain. Like, and he's, he kind of does this, this thing where he's it's always between like hero and well, villain. It's why, it's why Thor, I don't know. It, it's one of the points for me that in that movie made it, a movie that I remember that I liked versus a movie like the Hulk when I look back and, and I don't have as much, you know, right respect, I guess, for that movie. But it's because Loki was such a good villain. He was so good. He's, you know, he's conflicted. There are moments when you see good in him and there are movies. But do you or is he just lying? It doesn't matter so because it's still, that. I mean, totally, but it doesn't right. matter because that it still makes him a fantastic villain. And that's, right. that's a credit, I think, to Tom Hiddleston, who does a very good job oh, so good. playing Absolutely. Loki. And yeah. Chris Hemsworth Absolutely. is a good Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Thor is definitely has less dimensions than Loki, though. In the, as, at this point in the universe, yes, sure. yes. I think as you get deeper in, I, I would argue that at this point where we are, Thor is arguably yeah, the best agree. character yeah, yeah. in the universe. Um, yeah, cut forward, though, to July 22nd of 2011. We have our next film. Which is Captain America, the first, first Avenger. Avenger. And this is where we start getting into a little bit of, I don't want to call it time travel, but where... Like some time jumping, some non-linear some storytelling for sure. So Captain America takes place in World War II. Yes. And Steve Rogers is essentially a runt living in Brooklyn. He has all the qualities of the just essential the, just good the guy of a movie. Boy. The just, golden yeah, boy. Like He's just, high yeah. morals. He wants to go to the war. He wants to fight. But because of his size and just physical ailments, yeah. they won't yeah. let him join the army. I yeah. mean, you say run, but he was like this tiny, scrawny, like, scrawny, scrawny little tiny. I mean, like what, five foot three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. You could blow him over. Totally. Yeah. Basically like for you really Game of Thrones weak. fans is if Tyrion wanted to join the United States Army. Yeah. You, but like even Tyrion's <laughs> kind of buff. But like it'd, like it'd be like if. Um, if Tyrion didn't eat. What's the kid? What's the kid from the Vale? 
Oh, Robin Aaron. If Robin Aaron was a grown-up and tried to join the army, that's where we're at. That's no, that's but, him. No, but that's not a good comparison because the whole appeal for Steve Rogers was that he was this fantastic sure, human, sure. and he has he the ideals the of the, the high physical, the high ideals of being a good person. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So his best friend Bucky Barnes mm-hmm. does join the army, and then eventually there ends up being this program where they recruit people to join potentially the army, and Steve Rogers gets his way into yes. it. Which is where he meets Doctor Emil Erskine, a German scientist who's mm. defected to German the United States. World War II, yeah, yeah, really dig in. And it is through that that he ends up actually winning the program by being the best person and becomes the person who gets to be injected with the super serum yes. that Doctor Erskine invented. He goes into this Adam Warlock kind of chamber. Yes, he does. Comes out, comes out as super buff just, Chris Evans. Just, yeah, and he becomes as we know it. Captain America. He gets this crazy shield from this metal that nobody's that ever doesn't heard doesn't happen of. yet. It doesn't happen yet? No. So he ah, becomes shoot. Captain America. He comes out of the machine. Dr. Erskine gets assassinated by an agent of Hydra. Mm-hmm. We got to talk then, about Hydra. Yeah. We'll get to Hydra in okay, a second because right. Hydra is big. <laughs> Don't question him. Yeah. Don't question We're him. On a, <laughs> I'm on a roll here. Yep. <laughs> so Captain America chases the guy. The guy commits suicide after he kills Dr. Erskine. And then at that point, Captain America doesn't become a soldier. He becomes just like a an army machine. advertiser yeah. hype machine. Mm-hmm. He travels around the world, raising money, getting war bonds. He just shows up in a ridiculous blue costume and a fake shield. But then eventually he learns that Bucky has been captured. And it's at that point that he has people drop him behind enemy lines, and he becomes the first act of Captain America, mm-hmm. where we meet the Howling Commandos, the people that end up right. being the soldiers with him which is Happy Hogan and a few other people. And this is where we meet Peggy Carter mm-hmm. and Howard Stark. Right, yeah. Which Tony's is Tony Stark's, dad. Tony's okay. dad. And we're in World War II <laughs> at this point. And then during his exploits as Captain America, he eventually discovers a shield in an armory oh, made of right. vibranium. Yes, which is which, bulletproof, which and then, we don't know about yet. Yeah, but no, it's not. It's not bullet, saying it's bulletproof is not doing the shield. No, justice. it's That's basically true. bulletproof. It's incredibly lightweight, but it, invincible, and yeah. it allows him to do all manner of stuff in terms yes. of protecting himself. And it like absorbs energy, also kind of, sort of. Like yeah. you can take bomb explosions, and if you hide behind it, you're fine. It doesn't like. And he can like, throw it and it bounces off stuff. Like he it's got a boomerang it. quality to it. Or maybe he's really good <laughs> at bouncing. I don't know the deal. Well, you have to remember too <laughs> that as part of the super serum, he becomes. Right. Basically, the peak physical specimen beyond all physical specimens. Right, he's right. the fastest. He's the strongest. He's got the best reflexes. Yeah. But he is not bulletproof. No, he himself yeah, is not. But he, he does have. Not. He has some healing qualities. Like he has accelerated healing, yeah. doesn't he? Well, no, not really. He could still die. Yeah. But he's just because of his reflexes and his abilities, and he's got this shield. It's hard to kill him. Right. Well, but if he gets shot, it's not. It doesn't. It's not like. If no, he gets he's doing shot the same in the head, thing. he's going to die, though. Yeah. Probably. Right. But if he gets so hit in, in the side, he's not going to be someone who's just like the guys in Reservoir Dogs bleeding in the warehouse. Right, <laughs> right. But is that because he he's off. just because he's just a badass? Or is it, I mean, is part of it his genetic, genetic makeup? Well, where... part of it is the serum, because one of the last speeches he gets before the serum is it takes things that are good and makes them great. It takes right. things that are bad and makes them evil, mm-hmm. which is where we tie into the villain. Yes. Of Captain America. This Nazi Avenger. dude. Nazi dude, Johann Schmidt, yes. otherwise known as the Red Skull. And what we learn is that while he's one of the top scientists for Hitler in World War II, he's also the leader of a secret group known as Hydra. Hydra. And so basically the movie ends, well, no, going yeah. before that. We got to, yeah. The, the Red Skull. The, the random blue orb. The Red Skull has. is obsessed with science. And there was there's always been stories about how the Nazis were obsessed with the occult. And Johann Schmidt 
the Red Skull, finds something called the Tesseract, mm-hmm. which is this blue cube that he thinks is the key to ultimate power. Yes. Which it's like sustainable, reusable energy. energy. And it's something that we later learn becomes the Space Stone. Yeah. Right. So we've so now seen our first Infinity, Infinity Stone. Stone. Right. right. And at the end of the movie, Johann Schmidt is traveling to New York with a megaton bomb to bomb New York. Captain America's on the flight. They get in a big fight. The Red Skull touches the Tesseract and we think dies. A la Indiana Jones, bad guy from, uh, which one is it? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. <laughs> so face yes. melting and he disappears. Yes. <laughs> face peeling. Although yo, if you really yo, pay yo. attention, you will notice that there are colors when he disappears from the Bifrost of mm, Thor. Interesting. I'd never But he disappears. That. And then at that point, Captain America is on a flight that's on autopilot for New York and he crashes himself into the Arctic. And Tesseract falls off the ship. And we think he dies, right. but it turns out at the end of that movie, he actually got frozen in the ice, only to be resurrected 70-some-ish years yep. later. In by, 2012, he's found. By our new friend, Nick Fury, who says that I need you to help us win a new war, which is, again, further teasing right. the Avengers. Which happens in 2012 mm-hmm. in real life. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is about a year after we get Captain America, and the post credit scene for Captain America was the first trailer for the Avengers. Basically, yeah. Huh? Right. So, And we have, at this point, we have Captain America, Captain America Thor, Thor, the Hulk, and Iron Man. And Iron Man. And we've seen hints of, of Scarlett Johansson, Johansson which sure. is the Black mm-hmm. Widow. And then there is one scene in Thor where you see Hawkeye. Is there? There is. Oh, is, that's right. He's, he's guarding like, the hammer. He almost shoots, but he doesn't quite shoot. Right. And everybody's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so this is where we have yeah. now our team who become right. the Avengers. Right. And now we get to the next movie, which is, of course, it's the first time it's called the Avengers. The Avengers. Cool. Yeah, and and on top of that, we get Don Cheadle. He we have is, Don Cheadle and Iron Man too. Yeah, that happened. No, right, right, but like he's he's War or machine. do we not do we not know? I mean, we know that he's he's War Machine. So this we have when he's we're got, talking about the Avengers, we have the four main guys, and then we also have Hawkeye. We have the uh, War, War Machine doesn't fight in the Avengers, but he de- That's true. I guess he doesn't, huh? No. He does some fighting in, in Iron Man 2, right? He, but like, he doesn't show up in the Avengers. Is okay. Don Cheadle in the Avengers? No. 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 So we don't get him at all. No. Okay. So basically the Avengers starts with Loki has been given a scepter by a group called The Others. Yes. Who we will later learn at the end of the movie are working for this first person we learn of called Purple Dude. Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. The Mad Titan. Yep. So Loki comes to Earth with plans of conquering it with this scepter. Mm-hmm. Using the scepter, which we later learn in a whole later movie, has the Mind Stone in it, another yes. Infinity Stone. Well, and if you didn't get that post, if you didn't stay for that post-credit scene, now you're seeing Loki alive and act, and we're acting like it's not a big deal, like he's oh, he's back. And then if, yeah. you, if you hadn't seen that, you're at this point thinking, Right, so it turns out that the post-credit scene from the first Thor actually takes place in the Avengers. Oh. Because Loki, and they've done this a few times. So Loki comes to Earth, uses the staff, he taps it to the chest of Eric Selvig right. to take control of him and Hawkeye, one of our Avengers, and he steals the Tesseract. Yes. To begin work on trying to experiment with it, to bring an army to take over the world. Sure. Earth. World. Earth, yeah. Midworld. <laughs> so at this point, Sam Jackson begins the Avengers Initiative, which yeah. is to try to bring together the team. So initially, Captain America goes to Stuttgart to fight Loki. And then that's where he meets Iron Man, who comes to help him. Mm-hmm. So now we have our first two people. Right. Some ca- badass rock music in we there, do. too. Some, <laughs> some ACDC Hell's Bells. Yeah. Right. They fight a little bit. They fight a little bit, but Loki gives up. Yeah, right. I want, That's crazy. He God submits a mischief. He, he takes <laughs> a page a out of the Joker in the Dark Knight there and gives go. himself yeah. up. Yeah. 
And while he's on the Quinjet heading back towards the Avengers headquarters, someone appears from a different world being... Out of lightning. <laughs> Thor lands on the Quinjet and steals Loki. Yes. At which point we get our first hero on hero fight. I guess that's what I meant with the fighting. My we bad. get Captain America and Iron Man versus Thor. And in that fight, they learn they're on the same side, that there's more to this endgame, but they all agree to go back to the Avengers headquarters mm-hmm. with Loki. And then while they're there together, they bring in Bruce Banner, who Black Widow had gone to retrieve from India, where he, he was hiding out. looks very different than he did in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Edward Norton has undergone yes. a lot of physical... So now, yeah, now Bruce Banner's played by Mark Ruffalo. It is now Mark Ruffalo. Okay. So he gets brought back from India by Black Widow, and now they're all together on this giant floating invisible ship with yes. Nick Fury and some other agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the group that was formed mm-hmm. back at the end of Captain America. And turns out Loki has the scepter on the ship and uses it to sort of get them to splinter up to start having infighting issues and they all break up. And what happens is he ends up killing agent Coulson. Yes. And Nick Fury through Very some sad. trickery ends up placing some trading cards that he had because he's a huge Captain America fan. Right, because this is, again, like 60 years after Captain America, America was very So Captain popular. America is essentially a legend. Right. Right. In, but now he's back. And, but now he's and, back. Yeah. And so Phil Coulson had a bunch of Captain America memorabilia from World War II that he was hoping would get autographed. Yes. So Nick Fury but then he dies. <laughs> puts he his dies. blood on it to basically motivate the Avengers to, come, to you know, put their yeah. stuff aside Yes. and step up. Yes. And then we get the first big battle, the moment that all nerds get, you know, hair on end. <laughs> sure, we get, sure, sure. We get the circle yeah. of all of our heroes together. They fight to save New York. Right. And- there's like this alien squad that comes out of the sky. And apparently it's led by Loki, right? And this, this army's called the Chitari. Chitari, and- who are just. Aliens, they're basically like these contract killers that we find out have been like leased to Loki for this purpose of taking over Earth. Right. But we don't so, know right. who necessarily, Until, aside from the others. Somebody, we think maybe, some, you said it already. It's a purchased yeah. mindless yeah. army. These aren't like, these aren't soldiered. These are these are obviously these alien type creatures that have no moral compass. No, they have besides, jet skis that fly yeah. in the air. <laughs> we also get our first moment with the Hulk being a good guy fighting the bad guys. Right. Like he kind of wrecks shop on that ship, but then he like catches that Chitari ship. And it's and like, he well, that's like, where right. he yeah. shows up on a little moped right. in the middle of the battle. As Bruce Banner, as by Bruce the way. Banner, not the Hulk. <laughs> and then Tony Stark says, "This would be a good time to, you know, give us the other guy." And what's where like, we what's learn that apparently he can control the Hulk. Turns into the Hulk. We get a big money shot where he takes out a giant snake and, thing. Right. And just to jump back, just a, a hair when we were talking about how Loki surrendered in that first battle with Captain America and Iron Man, he surrendered in an attempt to get onto the ship where all the Avengers were yes. and trigger the whole, his whole plan, which we learn is him. He's going to trigger the Hulk to turn, go from Bruce Banner to the Hulk on the ship and wreck shop without any kind of you know moral and get compass a and yeah, yep. and get his scepter back and then you know, have had destructed the <laughs> Avengers in a sense. That was his first attempt at breaking them up. Or he's the first person to try to self-destruct the Avengers. Right. From the yeah. Right. right. So, but doesn't work. They mm-hmm. defeat Loki, they defeat, defeat Loki. the army, and cutscene, cutscene, post-credit scene. Rather, post-credit scene. This is the first time. They're, go ahead. At the end of it, we learn that uh, Thor takes Loki back to Asgard as a prisoner. Oh, okay, yeah, right. And then everyone goes their separate ways to basically be told if something comes up where we need to bring the Avengers back. Also, this is a time where we see Iron Man for the first time be not a douchebag. 
Yes. That seems important too. Hmm. He's willing, you find out he's willing to lay his life on the line. He's going to like fly with his Iron Man suit, this nuclear bomb into space. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, he flies it up. So basically, there's a, there, so more backstory yep. the Tesseract, the thing we talked about in Iron Man 1, has been found in the Avengers. In the ocean. Loki is using it on top of Tony Stark's tower in the middle of New York to open a hole in space because it's the Space Stone mm-hmm. to allow this army to come into New York in the first place. Yes. They then stop the, soul, the stone using Loki's scepter. Right. And but while the hole is closing, the United States Army has launched a nuke in New York because they don't think the Avengers will win. Tony Stark learns about it, grabs the it. nuke, yeah. catches it, flies it up through the hole at the mothership, a la Independence Day. Right. Mm-hmm. Takes yep. out the mothership and then falls through the hole. Pretty hard. To, basically <laughs> sips systems out. He's right. He's yeah. on a free fall, only to be saved by the, the Hulk. Hulk. And then he like wakes up, he's like some about shawarma. Which I mean, I'd never had. If I if I'd fallen from space, I'd just you know, you know a shawarma sounds pretty. Cool. The only, which because we're talking about all the end scenes, I just want to bring up the shawarma thing because that's the only point of that. This is where we get our first joke. End it's actually scene. the second one. So there's two. This is the first time there's ever this been first time two, two. post credit scenes. So there's two post credit scenes. The first one shows one of the others talking to somebody saying to challenge Earth's mightiest heroes is the court death. I don't think we should get into that either. Like I don't think we should talk about how th- like Thanos is weird. Love affair with death. We could no, because they don't ever it doesn't. It hasn't they don't mattered. bring it back up again. Yeah. Okay, but this is the first time where everyone, much like me, goes, "Who the yeah. hell is this big right. purple guy?" Mm-hmm. But you get this like turnaround. You see, like out of the, so it's like you can't mess with these guys. They're tougher than we thought. Humans are more resilient. There's like, to court them as a court death, and this guy turns with his weird uh, to grin, infinity war scrotum chin, <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> grins. You're like, "Oh, this guy is." He seems a little goofy, but he's not, as we learn later. Mm-hmm. Then there's a second cut scene where they Which is the shawarma. joke one where they're all right. eating shawarma in a store while just in New York is basically quiet. dead around them. <laughs> and uh, now that is yeah. the end of phase one, which had been known as Avengers Assemble. Because you guys want to take now, a break? Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I what were you going to say? Because now. A- no, I was going to say we've now had phase one end. The Avengers are ha- a thing. And we get to phase two, which is now what does that mean for the world right. that the Avengers exist? Yeah. Right, right. Cool. Let's take a break. All, all right. right. Okay. We are back. We wanted to do one thing before we go into phase two, uh, which is recap phase one as far as movies that we thought were good and bad. So I'd like to go last. <laughs> so I guess. Whichever you guys want to take initiative is fine. <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Go okay. ahead. Cool. So obviously the best one is Avengers. Yes. Because Avengers is the one that broke all the box office records when it came out. Mm-hmm. It's the one that showed that this is actually working. We People want to see these people together. So to me, that's number one. Number two is the original Iron Man. Yeah. I agree. And then I would go Captain America, the first Avenger, Thor, Iron Man 2 would be my personal <laughs> You ranking. just don't even mention the Hulk. <laughs> the no, Hulk. I actually so forgot Hulk. about the Hulk because yeah. so did the rest of the right, MCU. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'd put Hulk above Iron Man 2. Really? Yeah, that's, well, no, I don't. But okay, fair enough. I agreed with you up until that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, here, here I am with these two who obviously know a whole bunch about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, and I say you too uh, because Austin. <laughs> and but I, when I was watching these movies, I mean, especially back in in Phase One, I was definitely watching as a viewer, intrigued by superheroes and fight scenes and villains and the the whole kind of you know, feel of a superhero movie versus the logistics of a, of a Marvel cinematic universe movie. And I would have to say that for sure, the Avengers from that standpoint, so fun. So they start in, you know, bringing in some comedy 
um, which we see a little bit with Iron Man because Tony Stark is. Uh, you That's know, a really good point. We didn't even touch on that. Like that is that is a huge part in the Avengers is that we finally get this kind of like because for so long superhero movies have been um, very mostly serious. serious. Yeah. Like, I guess you can really compare what's going on in different comic movies at the time, which is that in 2008, when Iron Man comes out a month later, you get the dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, is just like, it's, it's, it's that, dark, it's gritty, it's grounded. At all, yeah. It's yeah. just this different universe. And then Avengers, you get in May of 2012. And then two months later, you get the dark Knight rises, the end of right. that trilogy. Right. Well, and in the event, I mean, you just, you get these hilarious points where, you know, you're obviously so intrigued. You, you want these guys to succeed. It's so fun to watch them all fight together because all of their different strengths and knowledge pulled together is, is so fun. They play off each other. So all these actors do a fantastic job of playing off each other. Um, and then we get funny scenes like when Hulk is ragdolling Loki and all of these Puny really, God. yeah, that's something Puny else we didn't God. mention. Like we should, there's that one iconic line that I didn't realize was going to be a callback later on and maybe in a movie or maybe not. And I don't feel bad about spoiling this. I, I, that line comes back. We have a Hulk. It comes mm-hmm. back in some context in infinity war. And I was so happy about that. Callback. Well, and in Ragnarok. Yeah. It came back in Ragnarok. Yeah. It did when they yeah. were in the scene when, and, when Loki, they, when, and Loki jumps up and he's all excited because Hulk ragdolled Thor. Thor. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't specifically say we have a Hulk, did he? No, but oh, that, I mean no. that particular line. We're talking about two different callbacks. We are, we are. Yes. Sorry, I was. Yeah, I, in that same scene right before he ragdolls him, mm-hmm. Iron Man's like, "We have a Hulk." He's like, "I have an army. We have a Hulk." Yeah. Right. I love well, that line. So, so you know, that was for me as the person representing the people who go to superhero movies in part to watch a fantastic movie with fight scenes and villains and heroes. Avengers was amazing. Thor was fun because there was a little tiny bit of comic relief with Chris Hemsworth, who's uh, sexy and funny and super fun movie like, to watch. Kind him. of funny though, right? Like I don't remember Thor. One no, being it wasn't. That funny. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't anywhere near what Avengers was, what Ragnarok did later on. It yeah. wasn't anywhere near that, but it, you still get a taste of, it being intrigued in an actor's portrayal of a character sure. versus just the Marvel character itself. Um, the one that just fell so short. And I, I don't even know that I would agree that Iron Man is, I, I mean, I don't know. I I felt like the Hulk fell short. Iron Man two fell short. Um, Captain America was so fun to watch for yeah. viewers because yeah. there was this, it was such a fantastic character to follow because of his moral compass and because of all of these traits that he had from his life before he was Captain America. I mean, that was a fantastic movie for viewers, I think, to go to the movies and see. It was so fun. Especially because at that point, you have a movie coming out that everyone knows the Avengers is coming. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. it, and you, know, you call it the first Avenger, which is clearly on purpose. It's right. just. Right. So that's my, I suppose, my two right. cents about the phrase one. Yeah, mine's very close. Like Avengers for me is definitely the best. And then Iron Man would be after that. So Austin's still with you. Uh, and then I would go Captain America and then Thor. And then Iron Man 2 and then Hulk. Um, so we weren't that far off. No, we were close to just no. right to the end. I just like the continuity between the the entire feel of those movies, I think, was thrown off by the Hulk. And I think the like the Hulk that become that that Mark Ruffalo portrays is more of the Hulk that I like. And then when I mentioned earlier, like the Jekyll and Hyde thing, I think um I heard somebody say that like the thing that you love about Hulk is when he gets to smash stuff. Like and that whole movie is about him restraining that. It's just like he can't have sex with his girlfriend. He can't can't do anything to be the Hulk. He's got to mm-hmm. like just regulate. And like in Avengers, he's like, just I'm always angry. Let's go. And he just breaks things. Like mm-hmm. which leads to a problem it. that we kind of talked about. And I was loving that you were teeing it up. And we'll get to that in phase two, I assume. Or phase three is where it, it happens a lot. <laughs> it, it comes up a couple times. Because yeah. basically at the end of the Avengers, so phase one's over, the way the Hulk gets left at that point is Bruce Banner can control the Hulk. Yeah. 
basically I'm always angry. I can at the drop of a hat just regulate. flick my fingers yes. and yes. I'm the Hulk. It's still not a perfect science. He still turns into the Hulk and has a, a, you know a little bit of lack of restraint. Um, but he makes there are little pieces in that movie where you see him you know kind of look back at at Thor and smile and then continue on with his yeah. original quest. Banner is still in there. Yeah, he's not yeah. like mindless Hulk. Right. But then that kind of does go out the window later on. Like immediately. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys want to talk briefly beer? Yeah. Uh, sure. So, so far we've been drinking, for the most part, Hazy Little Thing by Sierra Nevada. Yeah. I mentioned that we weren't going to do a beer thing this episode, and we're not, but Austin brought something specifically from a from a voyage across the ca- <laughs> the California state, kind of. <laughs> I wouldn't really call it a voyage. No. But More you, of a like, pilgrimage, a pilgrimage, really. Sure. <laughs> so... I saw Infinity War yesterday. Yes. And I went not with, in town. No. I went with my friends to see it in IMAX in Sacramento because the movie was filmed 100% with Fair. IMAX cameras. So the way to be seeing it is IMAX. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend after you listen to this podcast, you're all refreshed, make the pilgrimage, go to Sacramento. You can even do what I did, which is you make a day of it with some friends. And you go to Moxa, go to New Glory. Yeah. Drink a little bit. So I brought one of the beers I brought back from New Glory, which is Dripping Wet. A northeastern double IPA. Yes. Yeah, and we've been drinking it, and it's real good. Mm-hmm. It is very good. It's so tasty. And it's it's ten days old, so I apologize right. to Max and Gianna for bringing <laughs> them something time. back that was uh, not fresh. No, it's good, man. I, I I try to stay kind of up to date with New Glory stuff, but I I'm very I went to the tap room for the first time like three weeks ago, maybe four, maybe a month ago. Yeah, and it was uh, it was fine. It was really like it was off the beaten path, which I didn't expect. It's way out there. Like, yeah, it's in like an industrial district of Sacramento and it's like North Sac, isn't it? Yeah. Northeast. Northeast Sac. It's off Power Road. Right. Um, But no, it's really good, man. Thank you for bringing this. I've been enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will revert back to my Modelo in a couple short sips here. (laughs) I've been on a Modelo kick lately. I'm going to keep drinking my hazy. Yeah. Um, You guys want to move on to phase two? Yeah, phase two. two. Okay. So I think we're we're past names of phases now, as far as I know. Yeah. So we're just calling them phase one, phase Phase two, two and three, not phase one. So phase two, we start off with Iron Man three because we haven't had enough Iron Man at this point. (laughs) Correct. I was going to say a movie that probably could have not been made and mostly things would have been fine. Yeah. I personally have a lot of problems with this movie. I think they set up something really great in the trailers and then did the movie and completely missed the boat Mm. because it sets up the Mandarin, which is one of the best Marvel villains for Iron Man. And they turned it into a twist and made it try to be something funny. Basically in terms of the scheme of the universe, what you have to take out of Iron Man three is nothing. Right. (laughs) Uh, It's also important to note that they find, they brought on a new director this time. They did not go with John Favreau. They went with Shane Black who has only done a couple of things in Hollywood. Um, and things that I actually like. I love the good guys. The nice lo- guys. Excuse the me. Nice guys the is nice great. guys is great. Kiss yeah. Kiss Bang Bang is I great. That. He's making the new Predator movie. Oh, which but like, like if you think of those movies, just vastly different. Like, Yeah, they're all just completely different fiend, stuff. Like totally different pools. Um, but yeah, this movie is relatively inconsequential except for the Pepper Pot stuff that you were mentioning earlier. Right. So like, basically the whole, without really going into the plot because yeah, I don't want to waste time on right. it, there's this thing called Extremis, which is this drug that can make you sort of regenerate. They use it for soldiers. And eventually, through an accident, or no, on purpose, after she gets kidnapped, the villain, who's Adriat Killian, right. who's actually the Mandarin, right. that, yeah. after the twist, which yeah. is dumb, don't waste your yeah. time, <laughs> injects Pepper Potts with Extremis, which turns her basically into sort of a superhero. Into the Phoenix. No. Not really. Not no, because really, Phoenix like- is Jean Grey. Yeah, but like it's kind of the same vibe, and like she's got like a crazy power inside of sort her. Sort of. She was super strong. She was kind of getting ability to like chop through metal right. because she had extremis, and then that's literally the last time you ever see that. 
Mm-hmm. She's been in a few movies since then, and it never comes up. Like she got cured or something. I don't know. Uh, it's just like a power she has. Like, it's just dormant. basically kind of just dropped. Yeah, that didn't. Yeah, because you don't see her again in Phase Two. You don't, you still don't see her till Phase Three. Is that right? Yeah, because you don't see her again till Homecoming. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't actually see Iron Man too much. Do I thought see- she was done. Yeah. Before Phase Three started, I mean, I, there was zero indication of her, and even in Homecoming, I was pretty surprised when she showed up. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So that's Iron Man three. That's Iron Man three. Yeah. Man 3. We're skip, yeah. skipping right through it. But we do which have a post credit scene. To a post credit scene, which is really more again a joke scene. It's Captain. It's a uh, Iron Man talking to Bruce Banner, basically in some some sort of therapy because the oh, big threat right. of Iron Man one. three is that he's dealing with PTSD because of the Avengers in the battle. Right. Which more sets up something important for Avengers two, which is that Tony is suffering from almost dying. And the PTSD of that, and that's going to lead into Avengers two in terms of why the villain in that movie comes to exist. So is this your is this your lowest rated Marvel movie, Iron Man three? It's down there. It's down there, right? It's, it's, down, it's there. down there for me too. What's below it? I don't know if I could explicitly say something's below it. Thor two, which is next, is yeah, sort of down that's there. That's a bad one too, man. Even though it's it's not a bad movie, but in terms of you know what the high points of Marvel on that we ranked earlier? It's nowhere near that. I mean, the only thing reason Thor two is relevant is because it creates the next Infinity Stone, right. which then is a good segue. Sure, yeah, let's hit it. Because so the big thing about Thor two, the Dark World, is we get Thor versus the Dark Elves, who were part of a war centuries before against Odin, and their leader Malekith comes back because he is looking for the Ether, which we then learn is called. The reality stone. Right. The next infinity stone, <clears throat> which I think we're at the second we're infinity on the stone. Third, I think, right? Well, you didn't know the we scepter the, from Avengers true, was yeah. the mind stone. You right. just knew it was the scepter. Okay, sure. So it's really the second identified infinity stone. So we're at the ether, which is the reality stone. And I forget how it happens because I have never gone back and watched this movie again. Right. Uh Dr. Jane Foster, which is Natalie Portman. She gets like she, possessed. She basically gets inhabited by the ether and she starts gaining some abilities. Thor right. comes back to help her. Also, Loki's still around at this point. Like he comes Loki back. comes back. Well, we knew he was back from the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, right. He's in prison on Asgard in this one. Thor gets him out to help him fight the Dark Elves. But then we have like another classic, like, ah, oh, Loki betrayed me again. Like, right. Loki, like <laughs> he like stabs, he stabs Thor. He, he stabs kills Thor himself again. as a joke. Like, I can't remember how it no, goes. No, he ends but... up, we think he dies. Right. In part of the battle where Thor ends up then Sorry defeating, that. God, sorry, we guys. think that Loki dies. Yeah. <laughs> Loki dies in Thor two again, right. yes, <laughs> or dies with quotes around it. You sure, again, yeah, classic Loki move. And then Thor fights Malekith, defeats him as they travel between realms because of the Reality Stone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they're doing all that, and then that's that's it. And then like Maybe. they trap, really it. they trap the Ether. So basically, they they contain the Ether, and then the post credit scene in that movie. Yes. Where we first see the collector, who we heard from at the beginning yes. of this episode. Let's call the segments of this episode phases. I feel like that seems fair. Yeah. Right. So we heard from yeah. him in phase one. Yeah, we heard from him in phase one, sort of, or phase zero. Phase yeah. I don't know if we got. He four, talks about the like, creation yeah. of the Infinity Stones, which I guess would like, be phase really, yeah. zero. Yeah. <laughs> so two of the warriors that work with Thor take the Aether, the Reality Stone, to the collector on nowhere. And we then learn that one that there are six Infinity Stones because the collector right. says one down, five to go. Yeah, which also, by the way, never comes back. It's like he was collecting them for a minute. It's like he, he's going to get them himself. Well, but like, was com- he? Completely. But it's part of the reason why that movie doesn't have, it doesn't stand up because 
we didn't know enough about the Infinity Stones at that time to, as viewers, not as comic book readers going into this, but as viewers, we did not know enough about that stone to have it hold enough meaning during that movie as uh, this this thing that we were concerned about. And it was so confusing. It became an old school uh, superhero movie where we didn't really know why the villains were doing what they were doing. Right. We just knew that they were bad and that the good guys were fighting them. So it was super frustrating as a viewer um, to, to watch that movie going, what? Like, if you're going to do all this, might as well just put Chris Hemsworth on the screen more. Yeah. And to me, if I could just pick my biggest complaint about phase two is that as the phase, obviously between phase one and phase three, phase one, Marvel had created a formula. How do you mean? And that the, every movie was an origin story. You learned who this person was, how they got their powers. Mm-hmm. They fought a villain. Then, then they became yes, together, became right, the Avengers. Right. Phase two is the next step where they're still trying to stick to that formula. Basically, the Marvel Studios is dictating to the directors they keep choosing. We want this movie. You have to hit this point. Right. So you get a lot of movies in phase two up to a certain point that are kind of lackluster. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then you get to phase three where Marvel says to these directors they keep hiring, you make your movie. Yeah. And all of a sudden they hire these great directors. All of a sudden you get these great directors. Freedom. Right. It's two have freedom, those two things. Start yeah. doing their own way and you get a bunch of really great movies. Right. But going back to phase two, so after Thor 2, I believe the next one no, is... No, don't look at your phone. Off your memory, what you got? I'm going to go Winter Soldier. It is Winter Soldier. But before we get there, um, I wanted to shout out this article that I that I skimmed earlier and I forgot that I had it pulled up, but it's a it's a Time Magazine article. And it like sums up all these events, but it's done in a very um, peasanty kind of way, like not nerdy at all. And I just wanted to read what it says for Thor The Dark World. It's like three sentences. It says... <clears throat> Some aliens try to use ether, a floaty red substance, to turn all matter into dark matter because they're evil and therefore must do evil things. We learn ether is actually a manifestation of the reality stone. Loki decides he's a good guy now and helps Thor defeat the bad guys. Loki, di- Loki dies again, <laughs> or does he? <laughs> yeah, that's basically that's it. what I just said, but yeah. in three words instead of two minutes. Yeah, right. Um, and then do we have post credit scene that we want to cover there? There's a, well, there's the a, one with the reality stone given to the collector, and then I think there's another one where Thor comes back. And that, that's the whole point of that. It just comes back and just, kisses Jane. All right, that's a, all so. Right. And then we never see Jane again no, after we this. Never this do. is the that's, end of Natalie Portman right. in the MCU. What a waste of a scene! I mean, okay. What a waste of a Natalie Portman. True, but yeah. you were saying Winter Soldier comes next. Winter Soldier comes next, which is one of the absolute high points of Phase Two. Agreed. This is one of my favorite MCU movies. Um, it basically narrow misses the, narrowly misses the top three. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, same. yeah. Absolutely. Because this is where Marvel starts playing with genres and making different spins on different genres. Yeah, so this sure. is basically an old school spy movie. Yeah. yeah. Winter Soldier is Captain America's part of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's doing missions for them along with the Black Widow. Yes. And we learn there might be some things going on that Captain America isn't privy to that Black Widow is. Right. Because Nick Fury's being a little shady. So essentially, to really keep it short, because in terms of leading him to Infinity War, this movie is important but not important. What we yeah. do learn is that Hydra actually infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. They were back Hydra in World War II. In the spy organization. So Hydra is James part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Bondy twist. Yeah. And then Captain America learns this. He then, as a way to take down Hydra, also takes down S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, well, because he had his own qualms with that, right? Like, it was it was the thing where, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. was getting too powerful anyways. He didn't like that they had created a weapon that could, like, that could take out people that it chose were yeah. threats. And he thought that that wasn't the way 
kind of like a minority report sort of thing. The way to deal with a threat totally. isn't to take it out ahead of time. It's to wait till it becomes a threat yeah. and then respond. And then he finds out that, she, that Hydra is involved. And it's like, all right, well, that's enough. Yeah, we, and he, we'll ta- do this he works with Black Widow. And through that movie, he also meets Sam Wilson, who is the Falcon. Uh, yes, the Falcon. And that's where Falcon comes in. They take down S.H.I.E.L.D. Nick Fury goes off on his own. And Captain America becomes basically a man without a team for the first right. time in mm-hmm. 80 right. years. Uh, also, like we should talk about. Um, I guess we talk about the Winter Soldier, right? The Winter Soldier's role in all this. Like he's so the, he's this bad guy that in the beginning of the movie tries to kill Nick Fury, and it's like he's this this masked villain with this crazy metal arm. Yet somehow we all feel he's familiar to us. It's like, <laughs> we learn <laughs> that when Bucky, Bucky Barnes died yes. in Captain America, he was actually captured. Yes, after he fell off the mountain by, by Russians, Hydra, by Hydra, basically German scientists, also Russian scientists. Yes, and they then basically injected him with a serum similar to Captain America, and he becomes the yes. Winter Soldier. They also, like, super brainwash him. Yes, which we don't really learn until Civil War. Sorry about that, then. You're jumping ahead. Yep, sorry. You're forgiven. Just shh. Yep, just shut your mouth and let Austin do his thing. Got it. Copy that. So he's the villain. He's the Winter Soldier. He, towards the end of it, starts getting kind of remembering who Steve Rogers is because the whole thing with with Captain America is he doesn't want to kill the Winter Soldier because it's Bucky. Right. Mm -hmm. And he still sees him as Bucky. And at the end of the movie, during the big climatic battle scene, after Captain America, we think, dies, Bucky ends up, Bucky (laughs) saves him. Yeah. The the amount of times that Captain America falls into water and then almost dies dies is is too damn Two now. We're now two. Right. (laughs) It's as many times as Loki has Yeah. We're two Captain America (laughs) movies in and he's almost died in water twice. Every single one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, then, then Bucky saves him. Bucky saves him. All right. There's, there's hope for this guy. There is. Okay. And then we get to a post credit scene. I think there's two in this movie also. Yeah. Let me double check. I believe there's two. One of them is Bucky Barnes going through the Captain America Memorial in Washington DC and finding stuff about him. His own. Yeah. Which is like the first time he's, I think, come to terms with him being Bucky and not just the Winter Soldier. Right. But then the other one that is more important. The other one is that we see we get the twins we get the, the twins. twins it's where we start sort of pretending that the word x-men and mutants doesn't exist right like, <laughs> right, like magneto's right. here but he's not but he's not here so they're yes. not mutants they're enhanced yes that's right and we see that hydra isn't dead yet there are still offshoots of hydra led by a general whose name i can't remember hmm i don't know it either uh, unless it's unless it's wolfgang von strucker <laughs> it is strucker is it, it is strucker? von strucker okay, yeah which sounds like Stryker. It does. Uh, weirdly enough, from the but, X-Men. <laughs> but we're not digging into that yet. Um, yeah. But they have Loki Scepter, it turns out, and they have done experiments, and they have created two twins who, for the comic book nerds at that point, know are Quicksilver yeah. and the Scarlet Witch. Right. Uh, comic book nerds also know that like Quicksilver is definitely 100% Magneto's son. son. Like, yeah. like <laughs> and so, uh, But they both are Magneto's kids. Uh, with different women She's, are the same. Because it's Peter Maximoff and, and Wanda Maximoff and yeah. they're the twins. And the twins. He could have, I could have just picked up on the twins thing and not said anything else. Well, and here I am again as the audience who isn't as delved into the MCU. But we also, you know, we've we met um, Quicksilver. Yeah. Yeah, we met him in an X Men movie too. That's true. Different actor. Different, different actor. Character. Different character. Di- totally different. Like everything, really. I mean, he he didn't even have similar like a similar. But if you know that you're talking about line. Marvel comics, you're like, that's probably the same dude. It is well, the same. Right. Yeah. It was it was so strange too to watch that movie and go, huh? Well, well, I'm sure that. Well, and and we know him to be Magneto's son. We know we we haven't met the Scarlet Witch 
at that point. Uh, because I to say that I'm a comic nerd is slightly incorrect. I've gone back as an adult and read the comics, but watching all of the X-Men movies, now I'm, you know, as a viewer, now I'm confused because we do get these characters, but I've seen them before. We've seen them, uh, we've seen Quicksilver individually away from the Scarlet Witch. We know he's Magneto's son. She plays no part in the X-Men right, series right. at this point. And so now we see them as twins, which made me second guess myself in this movie going, well, I, I he didn't have a sister in the X-Men. So it was, it was confusing and, to watch at that point. And to be fair, the post-credit scene is no dialogue. You just see them, them in a cage yeah. and they're both using their abilities. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. And then the one guy says like, like we're not living in an age of um, what does he say? Something. We're not living in the age of heroes. Living in the age of magic. He even says something before. No, he says he says we're not living in the age of something, or the age of heroes. We're living in the age of miracles. It's either miracles or magic. It's I definitely remember. miracles. I'm gonna I'm gonna. This is the one time I might ever do this. I am <laughs> right on this one. His, and he's awesome like, and that's wrong. and like a miracles is a terrifying thing or something like that. And then it shows like like Quicksilver just running around. He's sprinting around the cell. And, she's like and then Scarlet like Witch is maneuvering blocks letters and like then basically child. blows them up. Yeah. And then that movie ends. Yes. And then we don't touch on that again because now we go to outer space. Yeah. For the first time, we meet the Guardians of the ah, Galaxy. Yes. Now, this is where we're different. Uh, you like Guardians 1. I love Guardians 1. I like Guardi- I love Guardians 2 more than 1. Gianna, mm-hmm. you're also no, 2? I'm with 2, yeah. Okay. I do think that the... Well, we'll have to go through them, but, but I think it was the so first fun. one. It was Guardians one was so fun. It this was, movie is the beginning of what I was sort of hinting at makes things great in Phase Three, which is that Marvel let a director make yeah. his movie, and it changes the tone of everything. It does mm-hmm. because you're dealing with a movie that, when it's being advertised, is some guy, a green girl, some blue dude, a raccoon in a tree. Right. Yeah. And those are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. And so you really can't make a serious movie out of that. You need to do something fun, right? Which is what we get, right? And the tone for that is set within the first two minutes of the movie, where you've got Peter Quill, which is Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. aka Star Lord, Star Lord, dancing to some old music from the seventies while he goes and steals an orb that he was hired to steal. An orb that we will later learn in that movie is now our bum, bum, third bum. Infinity Stone. Yes. yes, the Power Stone. Yeah, it's important to note too that, um, as far as we know, Star Lord is human. He is. At this point, what we know is that the movie starts with Peter Quill on Earth in 1988 being mm-hmm. kidnapped after his mom dies of cancer. By this dude named... Yondu. Yondu, thank you. Uh, also known as Merle from The Walking, Walking Dead. He's this blue dude that has this like piercing whistle thing that can kill people. Piercing whistle thing and, and a mohawk. People. And a mohawk that controls <laughs> the whistle thing. Yep. Um, so yes. basically, the Guardians, we should probably go through who the Guardians sure. are. yeah. So, so there's... Peter Quill, Star Lord, who, Gamora. as far as we know, is a person. There's Gamora, who is a daughter of Thanos. Yes, this is the this is now bringing Thanos back into it. It's this green girl with his very dark past. Yeah, she's an assassin, and mm-hmm. we learn that she was an adopted daughter of Thanos that she then betrays to start working with Peter. Yes, Thanos, aka the, the Mad Titan, Ballsack Chin, guy Balls, that correct, purple guy from the end of purple Avengers. Guy, yeah, yes. <laughs> we've we only also, seen once at this point. Yeah. But we do see him again in this movie. Yes, yeah. We also have this dude named Drax the Destroyer, who we find out also has an axe to grind with this dude, Thanos, because Thanos mm-hmm. apparently murdered his whole family. Mm-hmm. When uh, he wiped out his planet. Also, Drax was, in the at least in the comics, I don't think they touch on this in the movies, but Drax was was human at one point, I think. That didn't come up in the movies. Okay, but he all, was, no. and then he was like genetically modified as a weapon against Thanos. The way they leave it in the movie is he's just this alien, like crazy, alien species yeah. who's got this strong ability, who doesn't understand metaphors. 
at all. Like he just does not get them. No, n- not even by. A, they just go completely over his head, even yeah. though he will catch them. My point is, I thought like head. in the comics, he was designed. Like I'm sure he was designed to kill Thanos. Doesn't matter in the movies, but I just felt good about knowing that fact. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, so. yeah. Drax was fun because we get Star Lord, who's this fantastic, hilarious character, Chris Pratt, uh, who is funny and it's in himself if you know him from anything else. Sure. Um, but him alone in the movie, he's he's funny, but he he's a character who needs to, or an actor rather, who needs to play off of somebody mm. else. And Jax was that perfect character for him, who was serious and uh, and obviously he had this great you know rivalry with Thanos, but he was funny and he was dumb, which was kind of part of his his character. You know, he doesn't make hilarious, he doesn't make fantastic points. He's just hilarious. Yeah. And um, like he's one of the funniest people on that team, oh, I he's think. So Drax funny. is. And, and, and he first plays one, yes. off of Star Lord so well. Him and Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt have a fantastic relationship on this movie just with the way that they interact off each other. And then you have the remaining two Guardians, which yes. are Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Yes. Rocket Raccoon being a creature that doesn't know it's a raccoon. Correct. Who was <laughs> operated he, so, on. How does that work? I guess he they just, just found a raccoon. Just doesn't, he just doesn't know. He's just like, There's no concept of... Yeah. I guess if you took a raccoon and made it sentient and said, you're a raccoon, and be like, what the hell is a raccoon? Yeah, okay. He, just, he doesn't <laughs> know what a raccoon is. He doesn't. No. He's, it's not like he looks down and he sees a human body. He's a trash panda. A trash panda, right. <laughs> or a rabbit. <laughs> Boom. Future. Uh, um, okay. But yeah, so Rocket Raccoon is genetically experimented on raccoon who loves weapons and is kind of the gadget guy of the group. Right. And then you've got Groot, who is a tree. Yep. <laughs> But like a and crazy can, cool tree. <laughs> it can only speak in three sentences because he doesn't speak good English like mm-hmm. using me, Mr. Quill. Yes. <laughs> and only speaks in the words I and am and Groot. Does he ever break up I am or does it always end with Groot? It's always I am Groot. Yeah. I'd love to hear like an I and just so by itself. Rocket Raccoon is Bradley Cooper. Yes. And Groot is the incredible acting work of Vin Diesel. Is it Groot or is it Dra- It's Groot, huh? Groot is Vin That's Diesel. That's crazy. Can you, I don't know what the, like the he plays that role real fast. Like the real casting furious. pitch for him—that's funny. Would have been like if if someone's like, "Hey, man, do you just like we love your work? Like your muscles look great on screen. Like your dialogue is always on point. Do you just want to say three words in a movie that your body will not be in? How do you feel about inflection? Like, yeah, just, <laughs> he's like, yeah, that sounds. Oh, amazing. by the way, it's going to be huge. Right. <laughs> the movie's going to yeah, be like, fantastic. Yeah. So basically, Guardians is these characters all come together. Rocket works with Groot. Mm-hmm. Drax is on his own. Gamora's on her own. And then Star-Lord's on his own. Basically, they all come together on the planet Xandar. Right. And there's this dude named Ronan the Accuser. Ronan the Accuser, who is a Kree fanatic. Which is like a whole other A whole other species of alien. Yeah. Yes. And he, we learn, is working for Thanos. None other than Thanos. Thanos, who at this point is sort of the puppet master of the behind the scenes of the universe. Right. And Thanos has sent Ronan to retrieve an orb that... Star-Lord retrieved at the beginning of the movie because it contains the Power Stone. Yes. And as we now know Thanos is hunting for the Infinity Stones. Correct. Yes. Good. So once they find out they have the Power Stone, Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Groot all decide to team up to protect the stone to keep it from Ronan and Thanos. However, mistakes are made, mm. and Ronan gets the Power Stone, but instead of turning it over to Thanos, he decides to keep it for himself infuse it into his hammer because he wants to exact yeah. justice right. on Xandar right. and get revenge for the Kree Treaty. Basically, stuff happens, and we find out that Star-Lord is actually not all human. Boom, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So during the final yeah. showdown with Ronan, 
the hammer is knocked by a rocket launcher from Rocket. Again, it's I think it's probably important to throw back here to the thing that the collector said, um, orig- and like what the 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 lore of the Infinity Stones are. Like, you if you're a regular person, you can't you control can't them. Hold these, like you can't even get. Well, like, you can't. That was specific to the Power Stone. Oh, was because it? we see when the Power Stone gets taken out, someone who's working for the collector grabs it and she just explodes. Just gone. Yeah. So the Power Stone can't just be grabbed. It's used to destroy planets, which is what we're talking about during this movie. Right. Okay. So Ronan has the hammer. He's able that has a the power stone infused into it. He's planning to use it to touch Xandar with the hammer, blow up the planet, mm-hmm. take all them out. The Guardians take manage to shoot the stone out of the hammer, and Peter to save it jumps for it and he grabs the power stone. Right. Something that, as we've seen in the movie, should kill, kill him, him, but Dust it doesn't. Him. No. And the five guardians band together, hold hands, and through their unity and the shared energy, they defeat Ronan. Yes. And then we learn that Peter is actually half something else. Bookmark that yes. for the next movie. Uh, then we have post-credit scenes. We do a post-credit scene, which really is just sort of one's a joke, one's not. And if you haven't seen Guardians, which you're missing one of the in my opinion, top three movies in the universe. You're at least at like, if, if you haven't seen those, you're a missing two good movies. And I think the founding stone for Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. you're missing basically the beginning of the thread that leads to infinity war. And that obviously, yeah, yes. for sure. So at the end of guardians before they fight Ronan, Groot sacrifices himself and mm. we think Groot dies, but it turns right. out Groot, like any other plant, you can just plant him just and you get <laughs> new Groot, <laughs> which by the way was far more you know, dramatic and and devastating than it seems to just be killing a tree in this, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I lend that, that mean, completely to Vin yeah. Diesel's acting ability. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't. Yeah, yeah. No, but it was devastating when Groot died. It is. Or it's, we thought he died. You know, it was, he was the only character that had, I mean, he had no lines. He had no, not, it, it was just. Well, hey, hey, hey. Hey, I hey, I am Groot. Yeah, Groot. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was so. Um, lovable the whole time you were just in love with him as as a viewer and he died and it was tragic and then when he was replanted to become baby, baby Groot, Groot <laughs> which is where still we still voiced by Vin Diesel <laughs> yes by which, the way which is <laughs> so why we'll throw that out we get our great first post credit scene yes. which is baby Groot dancing mm-hmm. secretly to I want you back by the Jackson Five as Drax sharpens his knives and every time Drax looks he freezes in tree fashion <laughs> yes. And then uh, we yes. have our second post-credit scene, which is a joke, which is where we find Howard the Duck in the collector's uh, collection. Collection, <laughs> I guess. Room. Yeah, because yeah. Howard the Duck is sort of someone. Par- he's actually part of the MCU. Is he? He was sort of part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Howard the Duck is from the 80s or 90s? It's a movie from the 80s. 80s, yeah. Where Leah Thompson, who's the mom from Back to the Future, sleeps with Howard the Duck. It's a very controversial film. It's a very dumb movie. It's like this animated duck, animatronic duck maybe, I can't remember. But animatronic, it's it's a real person yeah, movie. Yeah, and like he just had like has sex with a human at one point. And like yeah, he's very foul-mouthed and stuff. Don't watch it. It's not good. Yeah, but so, so, but... why? I guess I'm confused as why the collector's place was in ruins. I can't remember what happened. When the Power Stone blew up. When that, his, is when that his, on... Z- no. That's on Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, when when that person tried to grab it and that ruined his whole thing? That was on yeah. Nowhere. So the collector mm. has a assistant and she hates working that, for him because he imprisoned her sister, the right, pink lady, right, right. or purple. She grabs the power stone and then as we had just learned, you can't just yes. touch the power Ta- stone. You will die. You will die. Yeah. So she dies and in dying blows up his collection. Sure. And you sure. see. Because she doesn't just die. She like explodes. Explodes. Yeah. So you see Howard the Duck. You see Cosmonaut the dog. 
in that post credit scene. It's really just more for fun for people that know the in-depth stories of stuff. Right. But then we get yeah. to Avengers 2. Yeah, the Age of Ultron. And this is where things really start to pick up, I think. Uh, because you have new characters for the first time. In, well, if you don't count the Guardians, you have new characters in the world that we've already established. Right. Uh, namely, uh, Vision is important. He'll come in later in this movie. Yeah, and then Ultron is is clearly a big thing as well. So basically, what creates the Age of Ultron is Tony Stark is paranoid based on what's been going on in, in Avengers, Iron Man 3, and he's trying to find a way to protect the world because he believes that there will be another event where aliens come back to invade Earth. Sure. So his thought is, let's create an AI that can do the job for us so the Avengers don't have to do Avenger things. Right. So he and Bruce Banner work together. They have been hunting all over the world for the rest of the Hydra outposts, and they find one last one where they find Loki Scepter mm -hmm. and Quicksilver and Scarlet right. Witch. Scarlet Witch, who gets into Tony Stark's mind about what will happen, namely the end of the world and all the Avengers dying, and he steals the scepter, and then they use the scepter along with Jarvis, which is Tony Stark's AI, mm -hmm. to create Ultron. Right. A force for good. The intended right. force for good. Right. The protector of Earth without them having to do anything, but Ultron in his AI analysis mm -hmm. decides that the problem with Earth is, is humans. people. Yeah. Mm hmm and he then begins crafting. Which isn't like horribly far off. No, it's. I mean, it's it's, no. it's it's like as you learn from even some like Infinity War trailers, it's not unlike Thanos's reasoning. Mm -hmm. No, it's kind of. I mean, without spoiling things for people, mm -hmm. there is a thread that gets continued in here, which is that the problem is that there's just too many people. Yeah, but yeah. So Ultron's created, and then he has the twins on his side, and the twins realize that he's not so good. Well, they for a long part of the movie. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are working for yes. Ultron, yep. helping fight the Avengers. And then they learn that his intention is to He's destroy not, the world yeah. by having a comet essentially hit it. Right. And then they switch sides. Yes, exactly. And they join the Avengers. And they are which then, awesome. Which well, leads Scarlet to... Scarlet Witch. Yeah they're, yeah, they're both awesome. Yeah, right. Which mm -hmm. then leads to a big final battle in a fictional European Wait, city. Wait, meanwhile, they Ultron goes badly, but then Tony Stark and Bruce Banner are like, hey, we could try this one more time. We should create this other dude. Name Vision. But they, they're not the ones that create it. Ultron creates Vision. Ultron creates Vision? He does. So basically what Ultron is doing is he meets with Ulysses Claw mm -hmm. in South Africa. Who is Gollum. He's played by the actor who yep. played Gollum in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and that's where we first hear of the nation of Wakanda. Wakanda. Which will become important yeah. later. Yeah. And we learn that Ulysses Claw had gone to Wakanda and stolen a large supply of vibranium. Mm -hmm. Which Ultron then takes from him, intending to build a vibranium soup suit, for not his, soup, yeah. suit, soup for the girl. suit for himself <laughs> because right. he's trying. He's he, he keeps right evolving. Now, right? He keeps trying to make himself stronger. Right. And through creating that suit, we learn that he has the scepter, and he breaks the scepter. Which is when we find out that Loki's scepter was actually this whole time the Mind Stone. Correct. The I think fourth. we're at the fourth mm -hmm. Infinity Stone mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. And during this whole big thing the avengers steal the body which ends up becoming vision that's right tony okay. stark and bruce banner try to bring it to life thor comes back because he's had visions of ragnarok and the infinity stones and uses his lightning to bring vision to life yes and then they all try to lift thor's hammer nobody Ex can't also vision does not come to life at first no okay but then thor brings him to life yes and he's also the second person ever to be able to pick up thor's hammer right so vision exists they all go to sokovia which starts floating 
Because Ultron's like, that's going to be the meteor. He's going to basically bring this town up into the air and then use this machine he's created to send it back down like a meteor and extinguish life on Earth. Yeah. Yes. The Avengers fight him. The Avengers, of course, they win. win. Quicksilver dies in the process. Which is insane. He gets shot. He can move super fast. Bullets still hit him. Also, at this point, um, the Hulk and Natasha Romanov are lovers. Kind of. Not the Hulk. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner, you're right. But the, mm-hmm. there's like a love interest that I don't think here. Black Widow would have survived having relations <laughs> with the Hulk. <laughs> it, it, we'd literally be back at the Incredible Hulk uh, circa yeah, not, 08. Yeah, yeah that problem again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's that's the gist of it, yeah? Well, then the way the movie ends is Thor has realized now that the Infinity Stones are becoming a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And he has visions of Ragnarok. So he goes back to Asgard to find out what's up with Ragnarok and these visions I'm having. What's up with the Infinity Stones? Because now they're starting to show up everywhere. Right. And we, during the battle, when it ends, Hulk defeats Ultron while he's on a Quinjet. And then Hulk yeah. does not get off the Quinjet and oh, flies off right. and that's disappears. Right. That's right. where we okay. end up in Ragnarok, yeah. So Black Widow ends up distraught, and that's where Ultron ends yes. with the new Avengers team, which, as we find out, right. like is Captain Falcon. America, yeah. Black Widow, the Falcon, Hawkeye. Scarlet Witch. No, not Hawkeye. Scarlet Witch, War Machine, and Vision. Is is this the movie where they go and meet Hawkeye's family? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. And okay. he's kind of retired at this point, right? Like Velma. I'm gonna use everybody's other movie names. She yeah, it's the same actress who plays Velma from like the Scooby Doo live action movies. <laughs> she was also yeah. in Freaks it, and Geeks. She sure. was in Freaks and Geeks, and she was also in um, Legally Blonde. Yes. Which is how was. I know her because she Boom. was the crazy <laughs> curly-headed lady who killed her dad. Oh, so yeah. yeah. That's Age of Ultron. <laughs> right. And then we get to our cut scene from here and it's the it's the time we see Thanos again. This is this is where we see Thanos. He walks into a vault of some sort, grabs mm-hmm. and a giant glove, in, yeah, which we will learn to be known as the Infinity Gauntlet, and he says, "I will do it myself." Yes. Which is basically he's been like having henchmen this whole time. Like we've had Loki yeah. go get stones. We've had Ronin, Ronin mm-hmm. try to get stones. And we've nobody had Ultron. Has the stones. And nobody's been able to bring the stones to him. Well, and and throughout the whole time, unless you're really searching for it going into the movies, we don't really know that all those stones are being searched for for Thanos. We don't really know that that's something that he's behind at all. At least I didn't. I mean, I was watching those movies thinking. Why are they searching for the stones? Okay, right. everyone has their individual um, meanings and desires for the stones, whatever. But it wasn't really until later on that we, as viewers, decided, oh, Thanos is behind it. And we yeah. understood that whole concept. And this is kind of the first hint of that because he grabs the gauntlet. And right. when you look on the gauntlet, there There's are six spots for things. Yeah, I was still ignoring it at this point, too. We saw we saw Thanos go for that, you know, put the gauntlet on his hand and, just, you know, talk about how he wanted to get the stones I was ignoring that still. It didn't feel important at all yet to me as a viewer. It felt very, you know, background. It didn't feel at all like something that we needed to pay attention to. And to me, as someone who clearly has been in this from the beginning, they'd already announced nine movies later at this point. So I was at this point like, I know where this is going to end. Right. And this is just about the road to how we're going to get there. there. Yeah. Which I, I know now. And especially after just watching infinity War, it makes a lot more sense. But at that point, not at all. Did I put those together? It felt very much so like Thanos was a removed figure. He was obviously a villain. He appeared in these little kind of post-credit scenes. It didn't feel like he was a real threat at all yet. And, And right now we're at this point, we're, in terms of our time, seven years into this universe at this point when Ultron's come out and 
you start getting people going, well, when are you going to actually bring Thanos into this? Right. And you better make him worth it right? because we're seven years in and we still have three years to go mm-hmm. until you actually make him yeah. start and, fighting. And at this point, producers go, okay, well, for the last film in phase two, I think what we should do is instead this of is wrapping up- the second up- the last film. We still have one more film in phase two. Yeah, we still have Ant-Man. What? We still have Ant-Man. No, that, sorry, that was my segue. So what producers think is for the last film in phase two, instead of sticking to these storylines, we should introduce new characters. This dude called Ant-Man. <laughs> Ant-Man, who's so an important character. He was an important, and I, I think, because we are, should, on our break in just a minute here, we should talk about what I think about Ant-Man for the future. But this is the final film, and it's uh, Paul Rudd makes an appearance for uh, the first time into this universe. Right. And as Ant-Man. Ant-Man, and he's technically the second Ant-Man. Is he? Really? He's the second, because Hank Pym, as we see in the movie, and if you know from the comics, is the original Ant-Man. Hank Pym's the guy that- Hank like, Pym is Michael like, Douglas. Yes, okay. He's the sure. original Ant-Man. Okay. And his wife- Was the Wasp. Was Janet Van Dyne the was the Wasp. She was. She was the Wasp. Okay. And they would work together. They He is a scientist, kind of like Tony Stark, brilliant- and he created something called the Pym Particle because he's Hank Pym. Sure, sure. And the Pym Particle allows him to shrink himself to become Ant-Man. And he would fight in the Cold War. He was part of S.H.I.E.L.D. They did a bunch, you know, work together. And then eventually S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted the Pym Particle and he was not willing to turn it over. So he walks away from S.H.I.E.L.D. I can't help hearing you say Pym Particle. That's all I'm hearing <laughs> is Pym Particle. Like, what is this article about, man? I want to read this, like, immediately. It's about how bitches <laughs> got to put their money up. <laughs> uh, it could, yeah, Pym so Particle. So Pym P-Y-M, particle. particle. Sure, got it. So he walks away, goes into hiding, creates Pym Industries, which is in San Francisco. We now have our first sort of West Coast movie yeah. in the MCU. Right. Everything's been in New York up to this point or in space. Right. Um, so we then meet Scott Lang, which is Paul Rudd. Who's like an ex-convict. He's a thief. He's, he's, he's a, a master yeah, he's thief. He's not an ex-convict so much as he's just like a thief. Who but he's in up. prison, right? He's out of prison. Oh. And his old cronies talk about there's this heist we can do where this guy supposedly has this, this really valuable thing we can steal that I've heard about, which ends up being the Ant-Man suit oh. in Hank Pym's house. He's a oh. fun character, too, because... You know, he, he he's was, Paul Rudd. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It was kind of the same thing when we saw Chris Pratt in, in Guardians of the Galaxy as Star-Lord. It was so fun. And Paul Rudd is this obviously very well-known comedic actor. And <laughs> it, it was a fun, you know, he obviously, he had these demons to face. He was an ex-convict. He had, um, he had, he was a thief. And now he's trying to be better. And he was this really fun character to follow as a viewer. He was he was you were rooting for him so badly because he had a child and he had this life that he really wanted to get back into. He had a, a an ex wife or a, a ex wife and a baby and a right. baby or yeah, young so, girl daughter right. right. And so he he wanted to be good for them, but he just didn't know how. And she was so tired of his crap that he that he you know she wasn't on his side and he she didn't um, she wasn't supportive of him trying to get back into their life at first. And it was it was he was a really fun character, which is why. This movie is high on my list, not in my top three, but he was relatable. And as a viewer, he was so fun to watch because you were rooting for him and he still had demons to face and you you knew he was going to, you know, fall subject to them. But it was really fun. Yeah. And this is one of my more preferred movies in the MCU. It's a lot of fun, this movie. Yeah. They do a lot of fun stuff with the shrinking and, right. the, and the powers and the growing. Sure. And basically the big takeaways of this movie are that Hank Pym's daughter... Hope Van Dyne works for a rival of his, Darren Cross. Mm-hmm. Who, who is the bad guy, right? Who's the bad guy okay. in the movie. 
who is trying to figure out what the pin particles do. He's trying to create that technology for himself. Right. Which then leads to the creation of his suit, which is called the Yellow Jacket. Right, right. And eventually he figures it out, and Michael Douglas, a.k.a. Hank Pym, has Scott Lang become the Ant-Man because he needs him to steal the formula away from Yellow Jacket. Stuff happens, and we discover that there is something called the Quantum Realm. Right, which... Which it's is gonna play, it's gonna matter. It's gonna matter. It hasn't come back yet, right. but I'm thinking right. if you go like see Infinity War, you sure. might see a use uh, for it. Hard to say. What I really yeah. liked yeah. about about this movie, and I think I've seen it. I was thinking after I said it, I don't think I'd seen it. I've seen it once, um, and I didn't love the movie for it being a movie. But what I do like about it is that you've had this sort of this sort of trajectory from Iron Man. You have like you're dealing with Earth stuff, and then slowly but surely you're branching out into space, and you have like this little Thanos glimpse and you have the Chitauri and like, then you have like these people that the entire movie takes place in space and you have Asgard. And then this movie brings everything back in a tiny, tiny way. And it's like this little blip out of nowhere. That's just, just this. And well, this is where you start seeing things expand beyond superheroes and more towards science. science yeah. And magic and metaphysics. And you start seeing there's another side to this as well. Right. And then that's the end a phase two. Phase two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you but have, you still have the post-credit scenes, yes. which are both mm-hmm. important. Yes, they are. Sorry. One of them is that when the movie's over, we had heard about the Wasp, and we yes. learned that Janet Van Dyne disappeared on a mission because she went into the quantum realm. That was Hank's wife. Hank's wife. She's Hope's gone mom. now. The quantum realm is like this crazy, tiny, tiny, tiny realm where like even like the rules of physics don't apply. You basically shrink down to become smaller like, than an atom. It's crazy. And the only person to come back from it so far is... Scott Lang, who did it at the end of Ant-Man. As like this this last desperate reach. He was like, I just, I got to try it. Hopefully it, I'm okay. And then he managed he to get his way back. out. Crazy. Yeah. So. Still one of those movies where you knew the superhero was coming back. Probably. Like he, he went into that, and it went in the quantum realm and you felt like, oh, I get it. It's supposed to be this big thing where he might not come back and it's, he's being a martyr and he's sacrificing himself. And then. The whole time you're just thinking like, absolutely, he's coming. Yeah, absolutely, he was coming back. I had no doubt, um, which leads us into phase three, which we saw the post credit scene. Yeah, one where we see yes that there is actually another wasp, which will be Hope Van Dyne, Mm -hmm. who is one of the original Avengers with Ant Man. She's Kate from Lost. She's Kate from Lost. And then all day. Yeah. The second, the second (laughs) post credit scene is actually a scene from Civil War. Yes. Which is. We now find Captain America and Falcon in a warehouse somewhere with a all of a sudden Bucky found freaking Barnes Winter Soldier in a vice with his arm, and we see that there's actually more Bucky in there than we thought. Yeah, so it's like Falcon's like, this would be a whole lot easier if we had like if we had Tony he, helping, Tony. and then and then then Cap is like, we, we got could more use help, help than what you think or We've, something. No, we need more help. And he, Sam Wilson, who fought Ant Man in Ant Man, yes. says, "I know a guy." Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. 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 Okay, being a reference so to fun. Sure. I want Ant-Man. to go back and walk, watch yeah. all these yeah. all right now so badly. Uh, you and guys good with rapping Phase Two? That's the end of Phase Two. That's the end of short end. break and, and come back. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. Deal. Hey, Phase Three is coming around the corner. Here we are. We're gonna call this the Danger Zone. Uh, if you don't know <laughs> what that means uh, and you've somehow missed the beginning of the episode, we uh, the only thing that I guess changes now is that uh, Gianna is going to chatter more and swear <laughs> more, I guess. 
I'm it's so not cold in here. I don't know what your deal is. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm still doing all right. I'm going to chalk it up to Gianna having eaten only pixie sticks and also getting really hyped for what's about to happen in yeah, phase three. Yeah. Yeah. Safe to say, Gianna, this is your most invested phase, right? Absolutely, yes. Especially as a viewer. I mean, like I said, I, I'm I'm very much so more into the Marvel Cinematic Universe than I was at the beginning of the, you know, phase one, right. phase two. Um, but especially as a viewer, this phase was so cool. All the movies in this phase, for the most part, were just so exciting. Yeah. So the, the films in this phase, um, excluding Infinity War and anything comes after, we have Civil War, that's a Captain America film, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor, Ragnarok, and Black Panther. Yes. Um, do you guys want to do what we did in the first segment and go back over phase two and talk about movies that are that are good and bad? Because I, I would like to, because mm-hmm. I numbered mine in, in advance. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Here, I'll give you I'll give you my ranking real quick. Yep, go. Uh, Winter Soldier. Sure. Guardians. Okay. Ant-Man. Oh. Ultron. Thor Dark World. Iron Man 3. Okay. Gianna? Do you we're, have them in front of you? We're ranking Just phase Just like we did three? the first one. No, phase, phase two. two. Phase two. Oh. Um, I mean, Guardians was amazing. Um. Winter Soldier was probably my top one. Mm-hmm. Um, Avengers Age of Ultron was really fun. I liked Ant-Man more than most people liked it. Iron Man 3 was horrific in terms of, you know, comparing in them to all these movies. In terms of, like, movies, movies yeah. and stuff. <laughs> in terms of... <laughs> in terms of, like, just being what it is. It's I garbage. Mean, no, it wasn't. It wasn't garbage in comparison to everything, but certainly into Phase but 2. But it was. I think, um, yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like that and The Incredible Hulk are my lowest. I I just I thought Sorry, Guardians Austin. was it yeah. was just it was so fun. Guardians was so fun. Winter Soldier though had to had to take my vote for Phase Two. Agreed. Winter Soldier's number one for me. Uh, then Ultron actually. Then Guardians two or Guardians excuse me. Um and then Ant Man and then Dark World and then Iron Man three. So basically, there's a lot of movies in that phase. You can sort of the, Phase Two is easily the most skimmable. skippable. Skim or skippable? Yeah, for sure. You could really just watch. You know, or fast forward through Thor two, or you just yes. know the the reality zones yeah. in there, and then not watch it. Yeah, you can basically just watch Winter Soldier, Guardians, Avengers, Ant Man. Call it good. Yeah, we just um, saved you three hours. Right, which is uh, <laughs> we said like nine hours. Yeah, I was gonna say like um, six or something. Phase three is a different story. Phase three, everything has merit. I think either as a film or as an overarching uh, influencer on the events up to Infinity War. Phase three is basically game changer followed by game yes. changer followed mm-hmm. by game changer. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with Captain America Civil War. Which is huge. So fun. Which for me is the weakest point of phase three. And oh I'm sorry to say that to you guys, God. but I don't think it's the strongest point at all. It's yeah. my number one pre-Infinity War, <laughs> which that's crazy to me. It's, it's really high on both of your lists, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a, You can basically look at it while it's Captain America 3. It's also Avengers 2.5. That's true. Right, um, right. So but, technically, it, it is Captain America 3. It is. It is Captain America Civil War. But that's also an example of the thing not being a very strong version of one thing. It's being a weaker version of two things, I think. But it's also a movie really rooted in Captain America's ideals. Yes. And that's largely what drives the conflict of the movie. I agree. But my problem with that is that that... Nope. Sorry, I can't say it. That's Infinity War stuff. <laughs> my bad. Okay, <laughs> so wrap us up. All right. Awesome. So Civil War, do it as quick as possible. After Avengers 2, the Avengers are now just Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, Black Widow, War Machine. Well, War Machine's not really part of it. But he's like around. He's around. He's around, yeah. But it's basically Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, and Black Widow are going on missions around the world to do things. 
they're in Laos, an African country, and they do a mission where they come across an old foe from Captain America's past that we'll just gloss over. Wait, who? Crossbones. Frank Rumlow. He was in Winter Soldier. I don't remember any of that. He's the one that's in the building, fights Falcon, the building falls on him. He's then the guy with the big hydraulic fists. Don't yeah, worry about Oh, yeah, the fist it. Dude. It doesn't matter. Yeah, sure, I got yeah. the fisting guy. We're going to get way deep into this if mm-hmm. you go there. Yeah, sure. So basically, something goes wrong on that mission. Innocents die, including people from the nation of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And General Thunderbolt Ross from The Incredible Hulk makes his triumphant return to the MCU two phases later to create something called the Sokovia Accords. Right. Which is basically... The government will control the Avengers and decide when and where and how yes. they will use their powers and intervene. Inter- right, like these intervene. people have, have powers that can be a threat to Th- That humanity. were, they, they like were res- not responsible. Well, at this no, point, no, you they... have them destroying New York and the Avengers. Totally. You have them destroying Washington, D.C. Thousands of people in Sokovia. like In Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and then killing basically yeah. an entire city. But when yeah. we're watching those movies one Avengers by too. one, we're watching as viewers going, well, obviously this needs to happen. This is a superhero movie. This is, you need to kill those people because we're fighting for the greater good and these, uh, you know. All right, Thanos. No, but really, <laughs> no, but it, I mean, that, that's how we view it is is we're watching obviously in support of these um, Avengers who are fighting for the greater good and people need to be lost in 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 the you know process but this is where civil war really comes you know the the whole um theory behind the movie comes to play because exactly the team splits right right between who should sign to sign over their authority and who shouldn't right because Captain America is all about like dude I've been with this government for like 75 years. Like you can't trust them at all. I don't want any of The big line from Civil War he has is what if they won't send us somewhere we think we need to go? Or what if they do send us somewhere we shouldn't be going? Like are we willing to fight as soldiers who are blatantly just following our government's command? Basically as superheroes, the best people to know when we should or should not use our powers are us. us. Yeah. But Iron Man, Tony Stark, disagrees with that. And the team splits over the Accords. Mm -hmm. Right. And so basically as a result of that, there is then a UN meeting to ratify the accords. Which goes very smoothly. No. (laughs) Wakanda is there with T'Chaka, the king of Wakanda currently, and the prince of Wakanda, T'Challa, who is the current Black Panther. Correct. And basically this secret villain frames the Winter Soldier for bombing that event, which then kills T'Chaka. Which even further takes Captain America like away from the norm. He's like, I, I know who this is. I'm going to try to protect my buddy Bucky. He, he goes to protect Bucky. Black Panther goes after the Winter Soldier. And then basically, without going really deep, because we're really going long on sure, this. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Iron Man and his team, which is War Machine, Vision, Spider-Man that he then recruits. Mm-hmm. He's now part of the MCU. We bring in a very young six months in Spider-Man yes. to his mm-hmm. role as Spider-Man. And there's someone else on the team. I got you. Black Panther ends up being part of his side. Goes against Captain America, Hawkeye. Oh, Black Widow's also on Iron Man's team. Mm-hmm. That's who I forgot. Mm-hmm. And then Captain America's team is him, Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and there's someone else. You already say Ant-Man? I said Ant-Man. Sorry. Maybe I named everybody. But the important two people that are missing from this are Thor, Thor and the Hulk. And the Hulk. Uh, mm-hmm. As we talked about earlier, Thor, not sorry, the Hulk was in like a, on a ship that just flew off away. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor is doing something we don't know what he's doing yet. Well, Thor we left the out. end of Avengers 2 to go track down the Infinity Stones. Yes. And this is all taking place while he is doing that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Basically, what we'll learn is that Thor Ragnarok, 
which is the third Thor movie, which is a couple down in this phase, takes place at the exact same time Civil War is taking place. Right. Uh, I want to go back just real quick. Um, so Iron Man's team, right? You have War Machine, Iron Man, Black Panther, Vision, and Black Widow. Did you say all those? Which we I didn't did. really touch on what Vision does. So, so Vision is basically yeah. a combination of the Jarvis AI that Tony Stark used to power his suit. But yeah, but he's powered by something. But he's also powered by the Mind Stone. Right. Which is very important. Which is very important yeah. coming going forward. Yeah. That, because that's, so basically, if you were to go into Infinity War, that Infinity Stone is using Vision. It's basically the power that drives Vision. Yes. And it gives him some of his powers. Right. And then Captain America's team, uh, Bucky Barnes, obviously. Uh, Falcon and Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Hawkeye? Did you say Hawkeye? I did. I missed Scarlet Witch was the one. I okay, missed. for sure. Because she's the only one still alive since Quicksilver died in right. Avengers mm-hmm. 2. In a mm-hmm. lame way. So they get into a, bu- a big fight and eventually Iron Man learns that Captain America has found out there's actually someone else who's planning to use a program that led to the creation of the Winter Soldier because there might be actually more Winter Soldiers yes. out there. So he goes to help Captain America and Bucky Barnes, which is where we learn that back when Bucky Barnes was the Winter Soldier and oh, being right, brainwashed, right, right. that one of his assignments led to the assassination oh, of Tony's parents. Tony's parents. Oh, and then they make Tony watch it, and he's like, I and Tony can't sees it, that. and then he finds out that Captain America has actually known the entire time that right. Bucky was the one that did it, mm-hmm. which then takes a situation that had sort of repaired itself and just fractures it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's his it's his example that seems to happen in Marvel movies of an otherwise level-headed character losing their minds in a critical moment mm-hmm. and, and then ruining things. Basically, Iron Man fights Captain America and the Winter Soldier, loses that fight. Yep. But then Captain America abandons his shield, abandons becoming Captain America. Mm-hmm. Civil War ends with him coming to a special prison and saving his team. Right. Also, at some point, he grows a beard. He does grow a beard after this. And he sends a phone to Tony Stark saying, should something ever come up like a Thanos right. where you need us to come back, you can call us. Right. Uh, and then we get to a post-credit scene. We do, which was, what? if I'm trying to remember from going off memory at the end of Civil War, mm-hmm. it's going to take a second. He's he acting did. like going off memory is just this incredible thing that he's, it he's, is. he's, he's been not doing had it. notes this entire time. Yeah, I've been Max looking I've been, been looking at stuff. So I'll help you out on this one. Like This is where we see Bucky go to Wakanda. That's right. Yeah. There's actually two scenes. One of them is where you find out that Bucky goes back to Wakanda. Because he learns that the best way to learn how to become Bucky again is to go back into cryo-freezing. Right. And then the other one is, I think, Spider-Man. It is. Yep. Where he gets a gadget from Tony Stark, and we start seeing that Spider-Man is going to become a bigger part yes. of this world. And then doesn't it say at the end of the movie, like like right after the credits, like, Spider-Man will return or something like that? It does, that. because this is all part of a special deal that we won't dive right. into because right. it will take too much time. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's Civil War in a nutshell. And then what happens next is we get a brand new character again. We do. We get another origin story, but one that also changes the game and brings in another dimension, which is the realm of magic. Yes. And we get Doctor Strange. Doctor yes. Stephen Strange. Doctor Stephen Strange. Uh, Gianna. Stephen Strange in a nutshell. What's his deal? Oh my gosh! No, not even. I'm not even going to. You got Strange now. So his whole deal is he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. He is world-renowned physician he, and surgeon. Yeah, so he's he's this fantastic surgeon. Um, he is dating um a nurse. A nurse who oh, is oh I forgot about Rachel right, McAdams. Rachel McAdams, yeah. who's um yeah okay so whatever he's a he's a fantastic surgeon. He's dating this nurse. He seems like a very 
Um, Arrogant. He's basically worse than Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. Like, just obviously knows that he's the greatest surgeon and um, is really difficult to get along with. Ends up getting in a car crash where he ruins his hands. Very vivid. Oh, yeah. It's just like every knuckle's just like breaking and His hands are destroyed. Yeah, his hands are destroyed. His purpose in life has been ruined. Right. Right. You know, obviously, if you're a surgeon, you need all your hand function. His hands are ruined. He ends up going um, through this whole procedure where he's going through surgery after surgery to try and repair his hands. He can't repair his hands. But Um, then learns that there is some place out there that can apparently restore people, and it's in Khmer Rouge. Right. So he travels to this place. Um, to try and find this temple and he finds the temple, but they cast him out because they think he's not ready. Right. Cause he's like this Western doctor that's always rejected East. Like he's like, this is just, he kind of goes this whole chakras and stuff like that is just this home. Is it a homeless dude that tells him like that was also like, it was an old patient that's like, you didn't do anything, but like I went to this place and they healed me. I'm at my wits end. Like, all right, here we go. And he goes and still is of the opinion that it's all complete and we're in the danger zone. It's complete bullshit. Yes. And eventually, just to really shorten it up, he ends up getting into the school and it turns out because he's just this brilliant person, he's able to pick up on their ways really quickly, learns a bunch of magic tricks, and then starts reading books he shouldn't be reading, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then eventually takes a medallion they have called the Eye of Agamotto, yep. which we then learn contains the Time, time stone. stone. Like fifth infinity stone, the right? Fifth infinity, so the, the fifth yeah. of six. Yes. Yeah, yes. the fifth of six. Yes. And using that, he fights... A former Dormammu. student, oh, a sorry. former student of the school, as well as this internet, this eternal being called Dormammu, yeah. which he uses the time stone to defeat. That's basically Doctor Strange. Also, Tilda Swinton's in it, and she's she's like the one that good, trains him. But she's oh, also she's not. amazing though. Yeah, and then we also yeah. learn in the post credit scene a scene that we then see as part of Thor three. He meets with Thor, and then the one of the guys he was working with in the school. Ends up going bad, but that hasn't come back yet. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. So the post-credit scene for Doctor Strange is when he and Thor are sitting. Yeah, that's and he's in, got his beer. That's in Thor Ragnarok. The exact scene, right? It is the exact that's scene. That's the post-credit? Yeah. Oh, that's wild to me. They've done that twice. They did it in Winter Soldier. Yeah. Or no. Yeah. With, I can't remember, but I know. No, Ant-Man. Like, the scene from Ant-Man comes back in Civil War. Yes. Then the scene in this movie comes back in Ragnarok. Right. Okay. And then the second post-credit scene is his is Doctor Strange's kind of ally in the school Mordo. ends up going bad right and saying that there needs to be another way but that hasn't come back up. No, okay and i know we're yeah. racing through this here to try and explain dr strange but we haven't really his powers he's the sorcerer supreme right he's, he's like the, he's like so what he does is he he takes does little hand signals he has different yeah. spells he knows and incantations where he can do different things that give him different abilities that can manipulate time. Yeah. Can the, create, the, the, he the can travel places. Does the time. The right? time not, stone he's does not that. doing the time. Stuff. No, but he can create holes with his hands that allow yeah. him to, to transport to different places. And he wears the time stone as a protector of the time stone. That comes, he becomes yes. the protector. There's basically, there are three uh, houses that are part of the, I guess you'd call it school. Yeah, there's one one's in England. New York, one's in London, yeah. and the other one was, I think, Hong Kong. Sure. Yeah, it was Hong Kong. That's where it finding the battle. The goes. final battle is in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, and he takes up residency in New York. Mm-hmm. Ironically, because that's right. where the Avengers Everything Tower happens. is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> needs to be there. Things happen there. Right. So yeah, that was kind of quick, but he's got a lot of power. He's one of the more powerful beings in in the Avengers universe, but he's yeah. kind of on Completely. his own. Well, side quest at this point and we learn a lot about him in this movie obviously it's, it's his origin story but we we um 
we don't quite understand all of the depths of his power until we get to Infinity, Infinity War, War, which is... But what you know, we do learn is that he's the Sorcerer Supreme for that realm, which is Earth. Sure. His job right. is to yes. protect Earth and the Time Stone. Protect so, Earth and protect the Time Stone. He wears it. Right. So before we move on from that, what is the deal? Like, Dormammu is, is like an also like celestial being that was... Why was he even on Earth? Why was he coming to Earth? He... Because like Mads Mikkelsen, the actor, was like a bad guy for a minute. He, and I forget his name in the movie, yeah. he's the bad guy. He was the former student. Right. He was trying to bring Dormammu, who was going to promise, I think, eternal life sure. in exchange for like this book, a page in a book. Okay. Yeah. And Doctor Strange stops them. Right. It's really okay. kind of inconsequential. It's a point. really weird, like, it's a very comic movie looking ending, too. Like, like Doctor Strange lets himself be murdered, like, a million times. He like, basically traps Dormammu in a time loop. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, he beats him that way. Like, it's like a battle of wills. Basically makes him give up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Doctor Strange. That's Doctor Strange. And then we get to, or I think we're on Guardians 2 now. We are on Guardians 2, which is, I still think, uh, great. Also, let's just throw this out. I didn't realize this, but Guardians 2 has four post-credit scenes. Right. And that's I think insanity. only two of them actually mean anything. Uh, two so far. Let's get to that when we get to it. Basically, Guardians 2, in terms of the lead-up to Infinity War, the only big takeaway is we learn that the reason... Peter Quill was able to hold the power right. stone in Guardians One is because he is part celestial. Yes, and that his dad was Ego, the Living Planet, who like raped this Earth woman. He didn't rape her. Well, no, like, she put, was. Yeah, no, he was on was... a conquest to find to basically. Fine, lo- he conquested her basically <laughs> to <laughs> to, to woo and seduce and impregnate women from different planets right. in the hopes of creating an heir to take over his work. Right, and he was like trying to. Sp- spread literally spread, spread his, his seed, seed like yeah. all over the yeah. universe there's like weird plant that would like take over and bees right yeah. so basically the guardians come together fight him peter finds out that's his dad to finds out that his dad is actually bad yeah they beats him and then in the process of beating him he actually loses his celestial powers also we meet mantis we meet mantis, we meet mantis, mantis. who becomes I a love. new guardian as as like we if we can ignore the cliches and like Asian women stereotypes would be like the sensitive feeling. She's a very important character. She does. She oh, has yeah. the ability to touch people and make them do things, basically yes. make them sleep, wake them up. She yeah. can see what's in their mind. Yeah. She's kind of like professor X yeah. mm-hmm. to an extent. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's some very funny exchanges between her and like Drax and her and Peter Quill. Well, yes. I, yeah, you learn a little bit about, she has a little bit of a love interest with Jax. You keep saying Jax. Drax. What did I say? You said Jax, like from Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yeah. Steel arms. <laughs> I just think I'm Do you mean slurring. Bucky? What do you say? Is it possible yeah. I've had a several of these beers? So I'm, re- I'm ready for that crossover. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so her, her love interest with Drax is a little bit, it, it's really funny. She's obviously, she's right. really socially um, slow and she doesn't quite pick up on all these social cues. Um, she's lived all her life with ego. Right. And um and Drax is the slower of the characters from the you know original five guardians sure. and he's hilarious and he keeps up with Star Lord in the com in the comedy and him and Mantis end up having this hilarious kind of slight love interest right. slash awkward <laughs> interaction thing that happens. It's so funny. Yeah, and, then- and it's great. To not jump through it, but to get to but the yeah. post credit scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They defeat yeah. Ego, yeah. the living they planet, and et cetera. post credit scenes, there's, I think, four or five. The two important ones are that we learn that one of the groups that the Guardians sort of messed with in the beginning of the movie is created Adam Warlock, or right. they're in the process like, of creating Adam Warlock, who is very powerful yeah. and I think will become a very big thing in Phase you think 4. So too? He's going to be very big in Phase 4. There's like these golden people that they try to steal some batteries from in the beginning. Rocket does. Rocket does, yeah. And then, but like Drax is on board. Um, 
And then like they have this like incubation tank at the end that looks like what Captain America looks like. like. A that was the reference I made an hour ago. I just want to point out that I was thinking ahead. That's what I was doing. <laughs> so that was an important one. Yes. And then also Groot's still not an adult Groot. He's like teenage Teenage Groot, Groot now. And he's very also moody. Important. <laughs> and then the only other big thing that happens in Guardians is that Yondu dies. Right. And we find out that he was kind of the right, actual father right, figure right. for Peter Quill. And I'm going to actually disagree because there's a, the fourth post credit scene is uh, the Watchers, which are like another celestial group of dudes. Talking to Stan Lee. Talking to Stan Lee, which like. That's so funny. If, if you're assuming that Marvel's not just throwing away Stan Lee's cameos and they mean something, means like he's, he's a kind of connected. The rumor was always that he's a Watcher. Like, but to go down this road is like another. I know, dude. Yeah. But like. I, I move on. You know, this is like a thirty-minute talk if we go yeah. down this but road. But Stanley, I think, has bigger roles to play, and I'm just gonna say that because he shows up obviously in everyone, yeah, obviously movie. in everyone, and he's like never shocked by what's going on. Like, like he's just I was like, yeah, you know what? This is my life. And this is Infinity your War one was pretty good. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've never seen a spaceship, You're right? Before. Right. Uh, okay, moving on to Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming. Here we go. So this is where Spider-Man is now part of the MCU. Yes. This is his first official movie, and this takes place post Civil War. Yep, movie starts mm-hmm. with Civil War when you see him working with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then this is him. It literally picks up from him like watching video clips yeah, of himself uh, on yeah. YouTube in his yeah. class. Yeah, uh, this and is Tom Holland. Tom Holland, who's um, the best Spider-Man by far. Absolutely, ever. So good. Yeah, no he's question. Great. Yeah. And the big takeaway from this movie, without going into the plot of it, is it establishes that there is a father-son pseudo relationship between Tony Stark, Iron Man, yes, and Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Because mm-hmm. there are some consistencies between Spider-Man's. Like Spider-Man still is is not. With parents, he lives with his aunt, May. his aunt in this case, but he's never had a dad. According so, to Tony Stark, his hot aunt. Yeah, so pervy yeah. <laughs> Tony Stark comes in, he's like, "I'll be your dad." He doesn't say that, um, but it's kind of the idea. Um, and he he fights a villain, and it's all very Vulture. very much like contained. Yes, contained. Thank you. Um, and he wins, and and then but he he's the, the goal so. of it is he proves to Tony Stark through his work that he belongs as part of the Avengers. Yes. So the movie ends with Tony Stark inviting him to join the Avengers, which Peter Parker then turns down he does even though he had a cool suit he was like the iron spider the iron spider suit it's got like arms and stuff and he's like dude i'm just gonna like chill and be a neighborhood spider-man for a while right which and just throw in as a viewer watching this movie i i there were I was disappointed in a large sense. This was not one of my favorite. I love this yeah, movie. People I love this loved movie this movie. I this love is this movie so much. super, super common. I saw this movie and, and had a similar feel to the way I felt about Black Panther, which we'll get into, but it was, it was really fun. Tom Holland was fantastic. He was really a good Spider-Man. He was funny. He had um, admirable qualities. You were rooting for him as a superhero, um, but there was a lack of action in this movie for me which, uh, like we're saying, we're talking about the Infinity Stones and all about this. It's, it's very, it's very inconsequential for as you know, as far as what With we're talking about. With the exception of, it creates a very important for Infinity War emotional line between Tony, Tony Stark, Stark and, and Peter Parker. Yeah, absolutely. So that was important. I didn't think this movie was bad by any means. This movie was really fun. He was a really fun Spider-Man. There was just a lack of. Um, connection to the villain. I thought the villain was not good in this movie. I. Oh, I Michael know. Keaton. Feel that noise right now. Michael I, Keaton. I know. People awesome. disagree with me. I thought that he was not relatable at all. I thought that the fact that he he was this dad character who was supposed to be a bad guy, he he had a daughter who ended up being Spider-Man's love interest part, part you know, partway through the movie. Um he was his whole ML was hell-bent on defeating Spider-Man, but he had a daughter and he really wanted her to succeed, but it, it, the whole thing was lost on me. I thought this movie was 
that it was a poor, poor example of a of a Marvel villain. And these guys are rolling their eyes so hard at me right now. Both I was I was just them. passing. I, I think we're both going to say similar things. So I just nodded at Austin to take it. The takeaway is you need to watch this movie because it's awesome. It's, it, it, it is very important <laughs> for Infinity War. It was not a bad movie. It is the um, best Spider-Man movie. Uh, it was I, the best Spider-Man movie, though I have a huge thing for Tobey Maguire. We're I not going to dive I into did, that. I do too. If, I we, wanna, if we let Max go off on Tobey Maguire, we're going to do another half hour. But I want to jump in on this because I think Vulture, played by Michael Keaton, was a great villain in that it's like it's everything that you want in a villain when it comes to relatability. This is the beginning of when Marvel starts getting villains right. Yeah. I completely agree. Like like you have historically superhero villains are one dimensional. They're like I just come from outer space, I take over your world. Their big thing has been I want to kill everybody because reasons. Right. I'm going to get yeah. MacGuffin. Exactly. And then I'm going to do and it I'll and then I'm going to lose. get it and I'm yeah. So like this was good because it introduced a human like everybody's on board when it's a human superhero that gets powers or is just like like Batman. Mm. I love Batman. He's human, but he's got motivation. Like Adrian Toomes, the vulture is just like, I've been screwed over too many times. I'm a working class dude. By I'm just going to do what like I got to do. Right. Exactly. And it's like. I, I get that. I, yeah. and, I, and it wasn't that. It, I get. I, I don't like villains like that either who have no re- relatability. They're Step outer space. Wolf. They're. I, I'm not a fan of that, but I, I have to say that my interpretation of this villain was it could have been fantastic. They set him up to be fantastic. Michael Keaton played the role so well, but it just fell short for me because I felt like he there was no reason why, as a dad, he could have possibly been against Spider-Man when he had a daughter who was in the same situation. It didn't feel real to me because there was no reason why as a father who seemed so in love with his child and so you know you know understanding of the things and struggles she was going through that he should have also been rooting to murder a friend of hers from school which is ridiculous to me but he didn't know but he figures it out and he still isn't stopping it so that pissed me off in this movie spider-man still saves him of of course he does because spider-man again we're setting him up is an avenger fantastic role that he plays in infinity war um which right we can't talk about but i thought that michael keaton was great this just fell short for me as a villain and i wanted more action we could stay on that for a while but we won't yeah i know i know i know Um, now we've got yeah we got one of the best one of the best (sighs) movies in the mcu yeah Yeah. wait 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 a minute the post-credits yeah 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 okay (laughs) Uh, and this is the one i was referring to with captain america by the way later there's this one post-credit scene. It's the second one of two. So the and first one sets up Scorpion. Yes. Which is an important still, Spider-Man villain. Which does not matter yet. No. For we haven't seen for us. But. but then the second post-credit scene, because traditionally at this point, when Marvel's movie started, there was one. One post-credit yes. scene at the end. And then Avengers started two. And then it kind of went back and forth, and we got to a point where you had Guardians <laughs> 2. Where there were Guardians 2 was the movie before this, where you yes. had four or five. Right. And so at this point. You go to a Marvel movie knowing I'm sitting through the whole credits. So the first one, you get the tease of Scorpion with Vulture, which is yes. awesome. Yeah. Because you're that's now two of the Sinister Six, which is awesome. And then you get to the end credits where throughout the movie, you've been seeing when Peter's in detention or things. It's you're getting so funny. basically little like, like in instructional videos yeah, from, from Captain, Captain America, America back before he was, quote unquote, uh, a war criminal. Yeah. It was when he was doing like uh, PSAs. Or, yeah. Right. And it, like he talks basically, about like, you're in detention. Do your PG, like your PG. Do your PE and like climb the rope. Like your teachers are telling you. Yeah, you see like five of those throughout the movie. 
And then this one is about disappointment, how you would wait for something so long only to be disappointed because there was nothing to it. Basically trolling the audience for once again sitting through 15 minutes of credits to see a post-credit teaser. Yeah, but he comes on, you don't even, like, you get the vibe because it's like him against a white screen. Yeah. So you're like, okay, something's coming. He says, like, the first thing, he's like, patience is a great virtue. But oftentimes, patience can be like, right, exactly. And then it just cuts to black. And it's like, damn it, man. See what you did. Some good old-fashioned MCU trolling. Yeah. But then we get to To the Thor Ragnarok. The, (sighs) one of the Marvel movies. So good. So this is where Thor, for me, becomes, at this point, he's my favorite character. Thor is real, yeah. He is my favorite character in the MCU after this movie. So basically, Ragnarok takes place a couple years after, well, it takes place at the same time as Civil War. And we find that Thor has been hunting for the Infinity Stones. He fights Zaza, and takes Zaza. He's the big. That's his name, Zaza. Fire. That dude with the the, the horn with thing? the eternal flame. Sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. They fight, and basically, this character Zaza, his goal is to create Ragnarok. Let me let me back it up just a tiny bit. Um, so like you have that Captain America cutscene mm-hmm. in the post credit, where like Captain America is literally talking. To, it's like the first time you get a fourth wall shattering moment, right? And they continue that into Ragnarok, where the very beginning of the movie, it's like. He's like dangling in a cage, right? And you hear this narrative voiceover. He's like, you're probably asking yourself, how I ended up here? Like, right. So it, it opens up this whole new channel of humor that we've never seen in and it does a, certainly it, a Thor movie. And it does it very, very, very well. I remember feeling bad for Guardians of the Galaxy when I watched this th- I, the second time. Sorry. Yeah, I've seen Ragnarok <laughs> probably three or four times already since it came. And that came out last November. Yeah, I've seen it three times if you count the first time. Yeah, you probably one should. of the times you probably don't remember. Right, that's the time. <laughs> uh, but yes. So Ragnarok, Ragnarok is not a person. Ragnarok is an event. It's an event. It's a Norse event, which is basically the end of Asgard. It's right. an apocalyptic event of Asgard. And what we find out is, and we kind of, we, did, we skipped this at the end of Thor 2. Thor 2 ends with Loki impersonating Odin. Yes. As the king of Asgard. That was important. <laughs> so Thor is out doing his Thor hunt stuff. for the Infinity sure. Stones, doing other Thor things, takes, he defeats Zaza, takes his, Crown. Eternal flame. Crown back to Asgard right. for put safekeeping. Mm-hmm. To put in the vault next to the Eternal Flame yep. and the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. And he uncovers that Odin, who's there, has been basically ignoring the other realms. Odin like has Alzheimer's at this point. Sorry, not real, not Loki. Fake Odin, which Fake we find Odin. out is then yes. Loki. He's doing plays. He's built a statue for himself. He's basically celebrating himself while pretending to be Odin. Yes. Thor gets him to reveal himself. And then gets him to reveal also that he had sent basically Odin to an old people home yeah. on Earth in, yeah. New, York in New York City, New York City. <laughs> which is being demolished. <laughs> He's like, we this then is find, where you left him? Yeah, we then find Doctor Strange shows up, who shows up because he knows who Loki is and says, you've brought this dangerous yeah. person to Earth. This can't happen. If I tell you where Odin is, will you leave Earth immediately? Also, he's at like seven beers at this point. They just keep filling themselves. Another amazing scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. They find him in Scotland where Odin dies. And I bet it was Norway. Was it? Was it Norway? I just it was like, with some Norse mythology. Some, some country up in that area. Yeah. One of those two countries, or a third that we are getting wrong. Right. But what we then learn is that before Thor and Loki, there was another Odin child. Yes. Which is his daughter, Hela, the goddess of death, Hella. Kate Blanchett. In this case, and, and the backstory amazing. that we uncover is. That Hela was the firstborn, and she was the leader of Odin's armies, and together they went on a, I guess, large realm assault 
to basically unify the nine realms, right? To create the peace that was what we find in the first Thor. Like you have to, like in order to achieve peace, you have to kill everybody, like half the basically people. have to conquer everybody, like Thanos. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. But then that wasn't enough for Hela. She wanted to keep going. Odin said no and locked her basically in hell. But uh, used the Valkyries uh, to keep her there. <laughs> yeah. And the Valkyries are like these, these, uh, the warriors. female warriors. Yeah. Of the, Asgard. Like the elite warriors of Asgard. Mm. They are the, uh, Bride-like what, are you, what are the ones in, in Dora Woman? Mm. No, Amazon, talk yes. about the Amazons. The Amazons. Thank you. Sorry. Um, but yeah. So then, then Odin, he's, he, they he find dies. him. He passes, he, he does a Luke and, Skywalker thing. Or, uh, is it Luke? It was Luke. It is Luke. Okay. That movie um, sucks too. Immediately, <laughs> um, Hela shows up. And she comes, she was released from prison with yes, Odin's death. Correct. She then gets into a fight with awesome. Thor and Loki. Loki, like a moron, calls for the Bifrost, which then allows Hela to return to Asgard. You missed a huge thing. Thor throws his hammer at her. And she shatters the oh, hammer. She's like, no more hammer. That happened then, like yesterday. Which is crazy because, like, the, there's it's old Thor, at this point, dude, like you don't mess with him, and then no more hammer. It's like, well, well, we've also well, we're kind of glad the only person who'd been able to lift Thor's hammer is, is Thor vision. and Vision. And vision yeah. yeah, so no one else has been able to do anything with the hammer except get pinned down by it. Right. She catches it like it's nothing and then shatters it. And we yeah. then later learn that she was the one who originally wielded the hammer, right. which it's is why crazy. she's able to carry it. So basically, Loki gets sent. Through the Bifrost, Loki's alive again. By the way, like he's back. <laughs> just really lock that in. He's... Loki's alive. Right. During a transport back to Asgard, there's a fight in the middle of the the Bifrost, and both Loki and Thor are knocked out of it yep. mid transportation, which aff- apparently affects time in terms the of the Rainbow how... Bridge, not the, rainbow the Bifrost. Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Rainbow Teleportation right. Ring right. thing. Hela returns to Asgard where she draws her power, becomes powerful. Kills a whole bunch of people. Kills a whole bunch of people, like including the all the army. Including Thor's uh, group of friends, except mm-hmm. for um, Sif, who we haven't seen That's since Thor 2. Bastard. Right? No. Is that Sif no. is the is Jamie Alexander. Yeah. The female. Oh, sorry. Who's the skeevy dude? With no, that's uh, Scourge. Scourge. That's right, Scourge. Yeah, Scourge. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. oh, he, yeah, he's a, he's a survivor. From Tex-Ass. Tex-Ass, yeah. yeah. Tex-Ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So, basically, Hela takes over Asgard. Heimdall has gone into hiding with the people of Asgard. Idris Elba. Yes, and he has taken the sword that controls the Bifrost so that Hela cannot leave Asgard. Mm-hmm. Thor and Loki both end up on a planet called Sakaar. Oh, yeah. Was, the trash planet. The trash oh, planet. so good. Where... Loki had arrived apparently through a little earlier. little earlier, about three weeks earlier, and has ingratiated himself to the leader of the planet, known as the Grand Master. Do you guys remember the Collector? Yeah, these people. Uh, the no, collector, these people. This person. This person and the Collector and the Grand Master are the are Eternals. The same type of person. Yes. Okay. Which is played by Jeff Goldblum. Amazing. It was so yes. funny. So funny. Oh my gosh. Valkyrie. There's one remaining Valkyrie. Right. Who we know as Scrapper One Four Two. Yes. Who captures Thor to and sells him to the Grand Master to fight in his contest of champions and we learn that the champion is none other than yeah. the, the disappeared Hulk. Incredible Hulk. The, yeah. yeah, the Hulk is back and like the whole thing is like this is where the Hulk crash landed. Right, the Grand Master says if you can beat my champion you, you can, can win your freedom. You can go back to Asgard. Asgard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Lord of Thunder, God. Yeah. Sparkles. Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So he fights the Hulk. Yeah. Hulk yeah. loses because Badly. of the Grand Master. Yeah. 
Well, right. So that's the point. Important to say, Thor was battling the Hulk and losing, and he was not doing well. He summoned the lightning. Or well, he learns he who he really is, which is as the god of thunder that he can control without thunder. his hammer, without the hammer. Mjolnir, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and he was going to defeat the, Hulk. the Incredible Hulk. That was going to happen, and then the Grandmaster, in it, in an attempt to not lose his champion, the Hulk. Um, rigged the game in a sense and it yeah, created like a zapper yeah. right. in his yeah. neck. Yeah. So he basically zapped. what then happens is Loki, Hulk, Thor, and the Valkyrie become the Revengers. <laughs> is that yeah. what they're actually called? The Revengers. That's funny. So they call themselves. Oh, that's right. Isn't that a bit derivative? Yeah, because they have to fly out of Satan's, Satan's anus right. to get off the planet. Right, right. Basically, they escape. There's a bunch of stuff that happens, and they, they return. To Asgard. They return to Asgard. Asgard. Where, Asgard. Asgard. Yes, <laughs> where Thor, as the new all-powerful Thor, this is a badass Thor at this point. Yeah, like, Thor is. This not is the, this is the Thor from the comics, and who is good. So literally the strongest Avenger. In Chris Hemsworth. You and Chris Hemsworth good. tonight. Just all day. I'm, if I'm you like a really viewers. buff Chris Hemsworth and you like lightning he, and you like the immigrant song from Led Zeppelin, this is the movie for he you. He needed saving. But our bum, he cut his hair. This is where it's at. Yeah. 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 But they return to Asgard to fight Hela, where they realize that the only way to defeat Hela is to create Ragnarok. Right, which is crazy. Like, And Ragnarok, uh, did we say in the beginning, like this is an event that it's like, the, destroys... It's the destruction. It's the apocalypse of Asgard. Asgard, yeah. So they revive Zaza. Well, yeah, I should say horns. Thor sends Loki to revive him by putting the crown into yes. the eternal flame. Right. But while running through the vault, Loki runs Jeez. across something called the Tesseract, which, which we haven't seen from, like, the second movie. since the like, Avengers. Right. And we don't see him take it, but, but being he's like, Loki, got that look on his face. He took it. So mm-hmm. keep that in your brain. And that's, so they defeat Hela, yeah. they escape the planet, and then we get to our post-credit scenes where Thor is now the king of Asgard. Well, they defeat Hela by by creating, reviving Zaz. Or, yeah, reviving Zaza. Zaza, and then and Ragnarok then, happens. Ragnarok happens, which destroys Asgard and Hela and and Hela and her giant dog, and they uh, they all board a ship and escape. All the Asgardians that are left on the planet, and Thor and uh, Valkyrie Loki and, and Loki Valkyrie and Korg. And Gorg. And Meek. And, <laughs> oh, Meek's dead. Meek's dead. <laughs> Meek's dead. Oh, he's and, alive. And they all, they all board that ship. They go into space. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, oh, by the way, also, Hela cuts Thor's eyes out. Oh, that's eye one out. eye. He loses, he loses eye. an eye. eye. He looks true. like Odin now. Yeah. That's true. Apple and tree and all that. Right. Yeah, sure. Right. So then they're in this spaceship. They fly into outer space. And the, the end of the movie ends, is. Because they decide that they're going to head towards Earth. Correct. Right. Where Asgard's going to be. And then the post credit scene Then we get to our post credit scene where you see Loki talking to Thor saying, I don't know that Earth is going to want to see me again like me since much. I kind of did this whole like Chitauri invasion right. thing mm-hmm. where you guys fought me. And then all of a sudden, this shadow appears outside the ship, and we see a very big ship known as the Sanctuary. But nobody, you nerd, nobody knows that. It is the Sanctuary, which, for those of us who know, is the ship of Thanos. Right. Um, And then there's another cutscene where there's uh, the Grandmaster, who has been dethroned. And he calls it a tie. Yeah, he's like, let's call the revolution a draw. And now we get to our final... Phase three movie before yes. Infinity War, which is Black Panther, Black Panther, which takes place right after Civil War. It's T'Challa returning to Wakanda as the Black Panther, taking up the mantle of the Black Panther, 
we learn that Wakanda is powered by a vibranium meteor that had crash-landed centuries ago, mm-hmm. which has changed the land. It's given them all this crazy I, they, advanced technology. They hide in plain sight behind camouflage jungle. It's my favorite beginning to one of these movies, by the way. Like, that sand thing. Yeah. Like, where they, where they enact the... The history of Wakanda. It's so cool. It's like my favorite thing that I've seen in any of these intros. It's pretty good. I love it. Um, but then we basically learn that once upon a time, T'Chaka had sent people around the world. Because Wakanda is an isolationist nation. Mm-hmm. It hides by itself. It doesn't talk to anyone. It hides its resources. As far as the world knows, Wakanda is just this dirt poor dirt poor, uh, third world country yep. in the middle of Africa. Uh, which, which is immediately the start of a conflict because you think that this is a predominantly African-American nation, and they have sat idly by while African-American people were been suffering s- around the world. Slaveried but what stuff. we learn is that Wakanda had sent basically emissaries yep. around the world to see what was going on, one of them being the brother of King T'Chaka, who had gone to Oakland mm-hmm. in California and gotten involved in the uh, gang life, so sure. to say, and had helped Ulysses Claw steal vibranium, which was used eventually to help Ultron. Mm-hmm. So T'Chaka arrives in Oakland and, as a result of the conflict, ends up killing his brother and leaving his own nephew behind, who grows up to become Eric Stevens, and, a.k.a. Killmonger. Killmonger. And, and by the way, that was Sterling K. Brown, who... From, this is from a great actor. This is us. Don't watch that show. I don't either. I know him from American Crime Story, where he there was... You <laughs> the American, the yes. uh, O.J. Simpson prosecutor. Yeah. He, by the it, whatever, it doesn't matter. He's an amazing actor. He's fantastic. It was so annoying as a viewer to watch him in these very few so, moments yes. that he had in Black Panther because he's absolutely brilliant. He's fantastic. Besides being so sexy, <laughs> Sterling K. Brown. Oh yeah. Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Not uh, not Michael B. Not Jordan. Not Michael B. Jordan, which, by the way, is also very sexy. That's what I thought you meant. No, Sterling K. Brown. He's sort fan. of the, the the goofy, chubby fella. Negative friend. That is not no. Well, there's a you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, so it's you're, the other you're guy. You're talking about Forrest Whitaker. You're talking about Forrest. No, I'm not talking about Forrest. Whitaker. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. Sterling K. Brown. Talk about Ned from Spider-Man. Is he the traitor? No. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant his buddy. <laughs> no. No. The chubby, goofy fella. No. He wasn't chubby or goofy. The, he was... No, this is Sterling K. Brown, friend. Yeah. yeah. Sterling... Okay, sure, that guy. Sure. Anyways. Anyways. Whatever. So, Killmonger is part Wakandan. Yes. He eventually returns to Wakanda to challenge for the throne because he has the right to challenge for yeah. the throne. Defeats mm-hmm. the Black Panther, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. T'Challa, in combat to become the Black Panther. But yep. it turns out that T'Challa does not die. A war then ensues for the leadership of Wakanda. T'Challa wins. Mm-hmm. Killmonger dies yes. by his own hand. Sure. Because he would rather die his own way than then die sure, a slave. A slave. Sure. And that movie ends with no real ties to Infinity War, but it sets up Wakanda that they then, following Killmonger's goal, become a nation to the world. Right. Where they start sharing their technology. Yeah, and then there's a final... There's only one post-credit, right? There's two. There were two. That gummit. Tell you what. Oh, you're right. Yep. There was one. The one scene is T'Challa at the UN saying that we're going to help the world. And the other is where we see a now recovered winter soldier living in Wakanda. The white wolf. The white wolf. Yeah. Who is ready to help whatever conflict may come. 
And yeah. that leads us up to Infinity, Infinity War. It does. So one final check-in. We have five Infinity Stones that we've heard of. We have five. So the we Soul have, Stone has nowhere to be found. So we have not seen the Soul Stone. They are. So we don't know where the Soul Stone is at no. this point. It has not come up. It has not been said or mentioned or located. We have the Mind Stone, which is in Vision. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have the Reality Stone, which as far as we know is with the Collector on Nowhere. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We have the Power Stone, which is in a vault on Xandar yes. after the Guardians recovered it. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Time Stone, which is with Doctor Strange. Strange. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then there's... And we have the Space Stone. Space Stone. The Tesseract, which is either Tesseract, with... It's just, well, we know is with Loki or, or on Asgard, right. which no longer exists, which means it's with unless he, Loki. Unless somehow he got it to Thanos before the events of Infinity War started. We don't right. know. Right. But as far as we know, it's probably with Loki. Right. So those are where your stones are. That is the history yes. of the MCU. We just saved you probably 36 hours of movies. <laughs> and we only used two hours and 20 minutes of your lives. Oh I apologize. So, no, no, it's good. So, um, again, I'm going to do my own housekeeping here. Um, if you're still with us at this point in the show, great. Go see Infinity War. Our episode next week will cover Infinity War. Johnny will be back. Uh, we'll drink some good beers. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts on, on well, this we stuff? Well, we were going to talk about how our how our uh, top three movies line up we at the do. end of the episode. Do they stay the same? Mine are the same. I don't I actually. I want to double check. Are we talking about without including Infinity War? Correct. Yes. I feel good with where I was. I feel good with where I was. Yeah. Yeah. So fun, though, to listen to, you know, especially what Austin has to say mm-hmm. about all these different movies and all the different, um, like I said from the beginning, that I'm kind of representing the the viewers who are watching this movie as just people who enjoy watching superhero movies and wanting a good villain, wanting a good superhero. Um, these were so cool. There were some that were definitely st- stood out more than others, but I also have a very invested interest in the Marvel cinematic universe. Sure. And it was so fun to listen to Austin and all the <laughs> things that he had to say about so many things that I didn't catch. So many things right. that are super fun to, you know, go back and recap about all the movies and all the fun things that, you know, I'm, I'm I'm ignoring while I'm watching them because I'm intrigued by the fight scenes, but there's so much cool right. stuff that goes on in this movie and all these movies. Absolutely, it's a universe full of Easter eggs and awesomeness. Yeah, so fun. And without saying anything, I have a new number one yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't yet, go see Infinity War. It's going to be in my top five for sure. I'm going to see it a second time before I really evaluate it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, you need to go see it. Yeah. Gianna yeah. Austin, thank you for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That's thank so you fun. very much. That was so fun. I'm tired of listening to this show from above the Just garage. The, yeah, <laughs> murmurs from the wall. Yeah, I know. It's so fun. I'm I'm sad and glad that Johnny was gone all the yeah. same time. <laughs> uh, Johnny, if you're listening, hello. We love you. We, we miss you. you. <laughs> uh, everybody else, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Fresh Up Cinema. Take care. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.